0: Hi, this is Adam Hughes, and you're
1: listening to the Top 5 Comics Podcast.
2: Welcome to
3: Top 5 Comics, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. Today we have with us Mike. What's up? We also have Ross. Hello. Also featuring Kelsey.
0: Hi. Hi.
3: And of course we have Curtis. Hello. And keeping us all on track, we have CBS.
4: I don't understand what happened to Curtis's voice there. That was weird. Wild's end, hello. Okay, okay. Okay, go on. Also
3: with Rob. I I
5: <laughs>
3: Alright, that's Rob. This is also the forty first episode of
4: Top Five Comics Podcast. Yeah! So today we're doing Aquaman Futures End Aquaman number one, Copperhead number one, the Edge of the Spider Verse, Spider Man Noir number one, Green Arrow Futures End, number one, and Wild's End number one. So it's a whole round robin of number ones. And ends. And ends. There's three ends. That's right. That's true. Futures End and the Wild's End. Wild Ending the Future? No? It could be. Something, something else.
3: The future's end is leading to a wild end. Oh,
4: hey. There you <laughs> go. That's a good sense. So Don't be here. such a copperhead. Good to, <laughs> that was pretty that was, that, was, that was something all right. That doesn't make sense at all. All right. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go ahead and uh, start. We do have a question also, which we'll, we'll get into that in a minute, I guess. Um, uh, let's go ahead and start with uh, Ross and Dog Pound. Ross, you got some news? That was a dog pile. Dog Pile, you're right. I think it changes every time. No, not every time. Just, the, 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 oh, he's just right. now. He's, he's just now. Well, you were gone last two episodes, so... The point one wasn't here either. So, <laughs> Ross true. and the Dog Pile. Ross? Hello?
0: That's the Dog Pile? Sure. Yes. Okay. I stepped in it. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure, it, was in
4: your, pretty sure it was in your backyard.
0: Yeah. Uh, was the first big news that happened a couple weeks ago was the rock is supposed to play black adam in a shazam movie
4: what what what? so we know who's playing the black black adam we don't know who's playing shazam
0: yeah i didn't even know there was a shazam movie in the works until they announced the rock was black adam so
4: that's a good way to start Uh, yeah yeah that makes you happy i know yeah all right
2: (laughs) it's the rock Mm -hmm, he can save everything but hercules Oh. Did you see that? No. No. So we don't know. You don't know if it's any good or not. It failed miserably at the box office. So, so, assume, so the Tooth Fairy. I, think. I can. Ass-
4: I can assume that he's <laughs> not. I don't know the numbers for these things.
2: Well, John Carpenter
3: or John Carter at Mars. I'm sorry. Also was a failure.
2: Right. That was, it was fantastic. Film. Well, yeah. I'm not saying it's bad. Yeah. I'm just saying he couldn't save it. Oh. <clears throat> all right. Okay. He can save can other him. franchises. You just can't save his own.
5: Okay.
3: This is true. I mean, he made a. Whole Scorpion King movie.
2: And that was terrible, too. But.
3: And, well, but in a way, it was better than he was in Mummy.
2: <laughs> well, he got to He, he got was movie actually him. Yeah.
4: He wasn't... Ha, have that movie, he was a computer-generated video game, like, CGI piece. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. Go on, yeah. Ross.
0: Um, and then, I don't... I haven't seen a lot of the Spider-Man cartoon yet, but apparently they're doing some crazy stuff in that with... Uh, like a Spider-Verse thing, and 90s Peter Parker playing a voice of, I think they said it was a Spider-Knight. Which mm. I don't know who the Spider-Knight is, but... Huh. Okay. That sounds kind of crazy.
3: And yeah, it's, it's strange that they're catching it up so quickly. Because, yeah, it's basically like they're going to be doing their own Spider-Verse in the animated series.
5: Yeah,
0: and... uh oh, Shoot, I forgot. I want to say it's Danny Glover is playing miles morales spider-man in it too what he's yeah. not going to be the voice of miles morales yeah danny glover i think so
4: I danny mm. Dan, danny are we the weapon danny glover
0: wait no No. Nope, someone else <laughs> <laughs> completely wrong. he could be the voice of the prowler though that would be he could be Prowler. prowler would be really legit with danny glover doing yeah, it true. i don't remember who it is it's a
2: current actor it isn't cyborg is it? well he's still alive he, it's not like he
6: died. No, well,
2: he's a current, relevant actor. Is what he's trying yeah. to say. He's he's oh. got a younger voice. He's got okay. relevance. So he's with... getting too old for this. You should look it up for me. No. I, just, I don't
0: have stuff to look it up.
2: <laughs> what am I looking up?
4: <laughs> the voice the voice, of voice Miles actor for Miles Morales. Yep.
3: In the uncan- or I'm sorry, Ultimate like Spider-Man. Ultimate
4: Spider-Man. Yeah. Marvel Ultimate Spider-Man. Man, how I can't believe series? I forgot his name. Yeah. Not Doug Jones, is it? No.
0: Okay. <laughs> that would be awesome. I think it started with a D. I'm fairly sure it started so it with a D. So it wasn't Danny Glover?
4: I don't think so. It would be weird if it was, unless Miles is a much older Miles. He is a little bit older, but he's not old like adult old. Maybe it's Chris Rock. It's not Chris Rock either. <laughs> they were, they were both in that Three
2: fifty. good lord, that's a lot of money.
4: <laughs> he was in the fourth world. Lethal Weapons. At least you'd be in the right ballpark. That's tick 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 four. Tick tick tick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
2: Oh, yeah. you guys can go on. Donald Glover.
1: Uh,
0: Donald I have no idea Glover. who that is, but he's in uh, Community. I think this is a show that he was in.
4: Huh. Well, I recognize
0: him from something. I don't know what, but yeah,
4: no, I got nothing. Probably from Dan- Danny Glover. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got, I
0: got him confused.
4: So. They both have very <laughs> similar names. Wasn't he in Predator Two? <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: awesome, oh, man. And then uh we have a new Titans show which is weirdly like the exact same cast as the animated Teen Titans but not the same style of show at all. It, it's going to be live it's, action. It's live action and it's supposed to be like a serious take on it, not like a
1: hmm.
0: somewhat serious, somewhat jokey they're more they they don't have the teen in the name because they're not teenagers either. They're gonna be more like twenty year old.
4: So we're going with Titans, yeah. in, in order to hit the high school generation. Well, is that t- the t- age gap we're talking about? I think it's
0: gonna be no. I think it's gonna be older. I think it's gonna be more like a crime type show.
4: Huh? Okay. It's gonna be
0: on TNT. They've on, said right. Okay, so. TNT.
4: Mm-hmm. And we, you, so the people we know so far was Donna Troy.
0: Yeah, Donna Troy and Nightwing and Starfire. And Cyborg and Beast Boy And Raven
3: See I keep getting always confused whenever they talk about You know okay well we're going to have Cyborg As a part of the Teen Titans And it's like oh we're trying to sell him as a part of the Justice League
0: Yeah Well it's it's funny because it's like there You would think they would be Well I guess they kind of are because he's going to be in the The new Superman movie too Yeah but
2: none of that's going to cross over
0: No And I mean I'm I was used to that for a long time And I guess I kind of got spoiled then Marvel's connectivity I guess. Oh yeah. I think DC's making a pretty big point to not do that so that they don't so people don't think they're copying them probably.
3: Yeah. Although I I think over, overall I think out of all the new shows aside from Constantine cuz I think Constantine's going to do really good. I think Flash is the one that's going to take everything away and I think half of what makes Flash super cool is it coming out of Arrow. So yeah, that yeah. is really cool. It's just you don't
1: how to hold out any hope for Gotham, huh? You
3: know, I, I almost don't. I'm sure it'll be alright, but the more I see, the more I'm like, yeah,
0: I don't know. Gotham almost feels to me like they're trying to make a show for people that don't know what it is. Like, they're not trying to make a, a comic book show. They're trying to make a more just like a crime TV show. Mainstream.
4: Yeah. Well, it was supposed to be about Jim Gordon. I mean, that was that's what the initial pitch about it was. And if that's the case, it's about Jim Gordon. No? You get the one time and not the... I didn't know what you were doing. I was too busy laughing. Okay. <laughs> Take three? Take three. So if that's the case, it's supposed to be a show about Jim Gordon... Well, that that would be fine because it should be all about backstabbing the police department, and you have to have the death. I mean, in order to set to be Gotham, otherwise it's not Gotham. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the parents' death, then it's not Gotham. It's just some other crime drama, which is fine, but it's not Gotham.
0: Yeah.
4: But the the thing that concerns me, and I, I think a similar thing that concerns Rob is that we're seeing Cobblepot when he's like I don't know twenty one, twenty two. <laughs> Some, somewhere somewhere in the late teens, early 20s. Mm. And then we've got all this other slew of supervillains before there were supervillains. Mm. So what you're telling me is Jim Gordon was a terrible police officer. And that all these kids were out running around doing things and he just shook his finger at them. That sounds stupid.
2: <laughs> no, but he just got to the force. Maybe yeah. this is his cleanup time. That's
4: fine. And if that's the case, then, I mean, how many years between A and B? I mean, Batman... Seven. No. No. God. <laughs> <laughs> Two-Face is supposed to be this... Okay, if you knock out the idea of the comic books where Two-Face and Batman are the same age, just forget about that. We'll make everybody else older and Bruce younger than everybody else. By an easy 10, 11 years, 12 years? Because he's he's like 10 years old in in the show, and if all the rest of them are in their late teens, early 20s, you're talking about a gap of anywhere from 10 to 15 years. So Bruce starts being Batman at 20... Two,
1: including Catwoman.
4: Well, Catwoman's more like thirteen, which that's also weird because here's Selena Kyle running around as thirteen year old Selena Kyle, mm-hmm. no cat suit. Don't don't get confused. But uh, what exactly are we here to watch? Yeah. I mean, really, you have Kid Catwoman and then the Kid Penguin, which I, he makes the most sense, I guess, with the group because at some point he rides the rise to power as a gangster, mm. so he makes the most sense to skirt the edges and get away with things. Mm-hmm. But they're also toying with this character that might be the Joker. Uh, stupid. Yeah. And then we, see we the got Riddler, Riddler and, and Two-Face. Well, Two-Face wasn't crazy till he was Two-Face. Mm-hmm. Up to that point, he was just... He, no, he was a good guy.
0: It, is Two-Face supposed to be older? Is that what... I, that's showing? the way
4: it looks. It looks like they're all older. I man. wonder
0: if they'll play off him being... Well, uh, I guess you can only play off him being Harvey Dent for so long before they make him.
4: Before you make him Two-Face? I mean, you can't really... Yeah, it I make guess, sense I guess to maybe if he's a good guy and not a bad guy, so he's like some kind of weird trial lawyer, and then later on when Bruce Wayne's like, hey, I got lots of money, instead of them having like a a feeling of equalness, it'll be oh, this little kid wants to give me some money to be awesome. Yeah. Sweet. Night of the city, bruh. <laughs> I, I just I don't I don't get Catwoman running around as a kid and Jim Gordon slapping around the hand and saying, hey, don't steal the candy, kitty yeah she's like ah, oh, that's a good idea no that's <laughs> stupid i'm an orphan i'm gonna run around uh okay so are we gonna just drop the prostitute thread that's cool i'd like to drop it
0: yeah i'd be okay with
4: that you know that's the stupidest part of the whole th- i mean thanks a lot frank miller but whatever so i i'd be willing to drop that whole thread but even if we do drop that thread you still go back to the fact that jim gordon couldn't arrest any of them when they were younger what exactly was he doing? Makes Jim look like a retard.
0: It makes me wonder how much they're going to play off of being villains, though. Or if they just never get caught.
4: Even, even if that's the case, if they never get caught, then Jim never actually gets any work done. Yeah. And then what's the difference? Why are they even there?
1: Yeah, well, maybe they throw them in Arkham and they escape. Who knows?
4: Well, oh, I mean, they all get, they're all going to escape, whatever. That's that's, that's fine, too, I guess.
2: Maybe he's got his hands tied with adult villains in the show.
4: Maybe. And I, I guess if we if we want to go with the Falcons and we want to... Cobblepot rising his way up on the outside of that, that would be okay with all that. It, that would be fine with me, but Two-Face isn't evil till he's Two-Face. you know. And Whether he was an evil man and made bad choices when he was a regular man or not, he's not Two-Face.
2: Well, maybe Cobblepot and Dent are going to be using the younger people as their go-to people so they don't get caught, and Jim's focused on them.
4: Maybe. I, until it actually comes out, we really don't have any idea, but the more I see... Kid Woman and Kid Bruce Wayne running around, the more I'm like, this isn't a Jim Gordon show, this is like some weird-ass Kid... Village of the Damned. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, while it had Clark Kent and Luke Skywalker in it, it was still not a good movie.
2: Mm-hmm. You do what you can. Well,
4: yeah, man. I guess.
3: I guess I just don't hold up too much faith for it. And don't get me wrong, I mean, a lot of people were really big fans of Smallville... I kind of feel like there's a very smallville vibe from this. I'm, I I just I
0: didn't enjoy smallville so. Yeah, I'm in the same boat with you there. So.
3: Yeah, but I, we won't. You know, like Steve said, we won't know until it's out. So, but I, I have more faith in Flash than I do Gotham.
4: Yeah. Don't get me wrong. The guy playing Jim Gordon, he, I, I I am able to believe that it's Jim Gordon, and like he he's a he's a he's a good actor, and I like him just fine. I'm sure the others are all great actors too. Or at least half of them are. But the more I look at the more I'm like, huh, is this New Gotham? Where's uh, Huntress running around at? Because um, there was a whole Birds of Prey show that was in New Gotham, and everything was kind of askew there, too.
2: We forget about that
4: show. Cat noises when she jumped, yeah. Someone's got to forget about it, right? <laughs> I can't, man. It burned into my brain.
5: <laughs>
4: yeah, man. Cat noises. <laughs> yeah. Who approved that? Morons. Anyway, uh, so there's that for Gotham. But yeah, everything else looks fantastic, so man, maybe Gotham will be too. Uh, does anybody know anything about these rumors about um, the tick? Yeah. Is it? Is I
2: heard
4: that... about it. <clears throat> yeah. Right. He
2: signed the contract, evidently. Really? For Amazon. Amazon's going to be bringing it. Putty? Right. Putty's doing it? Putty? Yeah. <laughs> you met the Patrick dude. Did you talk to him about man,
4: it? We got to talk for like five seconds. Well, that's enough to say, hey, you play the tick? At the time, at the time we were talking about my beard, which is weird. Did he pick food out of it? No, there wasn't food in it. Oh, it, uh, really? <laughs> that's no, uh,
2: no. Is there a baby bird pop out of it? No, what? No, that must be Family Guy. You're, uh.
1: <laughs> yes. Incidentally,
2: he did play Ron. No, what's his name? Swanson.
4: Joe Swanson. Uh, Joe Swanson on, on family, family Guy. Well, that's a good point. I see where your connection is kind of there. For a circle. Yeah, it's a broken circle, but yeah, you're right. You did. That's right. Give you a cookie, but I don't have any. A perfect circle. Yeah. <laughs> Dented around the edges. Is there a cookie in your beard? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, though no. There's not. Wait, hang on. No, there's not. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt that. Uh, okay. So, anyway, so maybe a tick show coming out, which would be awesome. Because if you haven't seen okay. the live action one, there's only uh, the original. The original season had five episodes? No, five or six. There's more than that. No, there wasn't. Yeah, there was. There's only three shown on TV, and the DVDs have six. So then that would be nine. <laughs> <laughs> three on. Well, three that got aired. Whole... No, like, it's not a regular season. No.
2: There's like 12 of
4: them. All. No. got to be. No. I own it. it. I own it, too. I remember watching it. No, yeah, I watched it, too. Remember Apocalypse <Cal>? Cow? <laughs> you, yes, that was at the end. <laughs> uh, pull, out, pull, out, pull out your phone. And we'll come back to this. And I'm pretty yeah. sure there's only six. Never say it like that again. But there were three three episodes that were put on on air, and they were aired different nights, different times, because Fox kills things it doesn't like, or like doesn't Greg the Bunny, <laughs> or Greg the Bunny. I mean, Greg the Bunny. Yes.
3: Well, Greg the Bunny probably had it coming. Bastards.
4: <laughs> it might have, but that it was, was a still good, good show.
3: Good.
5: I love that show. It nine funny. episodes.
4: Nine. Okay, so like you said before, three and six, nine. I hate you. Good job. Remember Batman? Not, not no. 12. <laughs> and theater Mouse? <laughs> Wait, didn't he say nine? No. He said nine after I gave him two numbers. You he said added three, my numbers together. and then there's
2: six on there, so I said nine. Yeah, he added my numbers together. And I said there had to be more, and you're like, my name's Steve. And then he told
4: me there was 12. he told me there was 12. Again, we're both in the middle, so we're both right. Because there was nine.
2: Admit defeat.
4: No. I said six and three, right? So the technically I'm <laughs> still right. Yeah, but then you're like seven. No, you say seven, not well,
2: me. Where did nine come from?
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> nine came from math, which is brought to you by <laughs> math.
2: Which is brought to you by Aristotle. <laughs> mm.
4: <laughs> Stay in school, kids. <sighs> <laughs> Ross, what else, you, what else you got over there, Ross? On your plate.
0: I think that's all that I know of right now. I, well, actually, one more thing. <laughs> Man, sorry. That's what I like. The future's end is supposed to lead into some new story arc called Blood Moon. Blood Moon? Blood Moon Rising, I want to say, maybe, actually. Huh. No, I did hear that. Yeah, I didn't get to read what it was all about yet, but it looked like it was kind of a Justice League Dark type thing. Interesting. And then we have uh, Booster Golden Blue Beetle coming back
2: into Justice League, is it,
4: Three thousand? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was
2: it, wasn't cool. there something about a car being shown or stolen or something?
4: Oh
0: yeah, the on the set of the new Batman movie or the new new Batman, the new Superman movie, right? They it's just a they movie just going. showed the picture of the Batmobile today, and supposedly one of them has been stolen <laughs> off the movie set. Seriously? <laughs> like, there's more than one, and one of them has been stolen. I,
2: I thought it was Christian Bale.
4: <laughs> it would almost make sense. Just of the it's like this is
2: mine.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no one can have toys that I don't have. Swear
2: to me. He's
4: <laughs> <laughs> like pedaling it because it doesn't have a motor. That's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. How crazy! Everybody push.
6: Well, I am pretty sure I saw
4: Christian Bell earlier. Isn't he Batman in this movie? Like, no. Don't Dude, knock what? over that light stand. You, you don't let him in here, he'll take the suit. Man, I
0: wonder if he teams up with the other Batman. That'd be when Batman <laughs> to ceiling. So you so he say that Adam West, Adam West is like distracting West.
4: the guard. He's like, Hey, remember I'm Adam West. He tells him some story about Family Guy. Old Chum? Right. And the whole time Christian yeah. Bell's sneaking over the fence. Because everybody's know, on their phone have, uh, looking up chum. What does that even mean? Michael Keaton shows up and starts telling him jokes. Maybe. crazy right takes off his pants and the
3: guards at the gate are completely confused because for some reason Val Kilmer's there <laughs> in a nipple suit why Val well Val didn't get the nipple suit unfortunately that was Clooney
2: you're like who ordered
3: well, he's Stay gonna be there working. too you understand it's
4: a team effort a team effort and enough star power to distract apparently two guards men who stir at Batman <laughs> right.
2: I'm going to break the symbol with my mind.
4: <laughs> Jeez.
2: It's like he's talking to
4: me. <laughs> it's, it's, man. It's, wouldn't that be funny if that was the truth, though? Oh my god. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. The League of Batmen have succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> like, Why is Bell still driving the car? <laughs>
2: Everybody, push.
4: <laughs> Batman on me. <laughs> that was the
2: worst part he I mean, got stealing out he
1: one like... of those. What are you gonna do with it? I, mean, <laughs> I don't know, man. You can go drive it around the neighborhood or sell it on the black market for parts.
4: <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like this is
1: signed by Christian
4: Bell. Nobody's <laughs> gonna want to touch that.
1: <laughs> I don't think there's a statute of limitations on thievery. As well. <laughs> I got a bat door. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I was looking inside, and I found, like, a library card for Adam West. <laughs> it owes a lot of money. He's got some overdue books. I do not even think he could read. <laughs> That's why they're overdue. usually has his
2: security to read it to him. Oh, someone's got to do it. What's this pass say? <laughs> Carte blanche. <laughs> Put it in my bat belt.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's just a normal belt, sir. Bat belt, I'm wearing this. <laughs> Oh, okay. Draw eyebrows on me so I look surprised all the time.
2: <laughs> Jeez,
4: ah, oh, it's harsh, man. It's harsh. What Adam West ever do to you? Bert Ward gets in his little motorized cart <laughs> to the Batmobile. I crank this up, the dogs are gonna pull me like a sled. <laughs> Those are people, West. <laughs> <laughs> They're dogs to me. Mm, my God, it's Bert Ward that runs the uh, the 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 dog shelter, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, see, so we've got a whole team of animals to pull in them places. <sighs> My head hurts from smiling too much. It's hilarious. <laughs> the worst
3: part, guys, is there's another one.
4: Come back. <laughs> they have more than one. Maybe they're going to have
0: drag races with them. Yeah, maybe. be awesome if they had two. <laughs> of
2: course, maybe they have a whole collection of them. <laughs> dig out the old
4: 66 ride. Jerry Lawler owns a one of those. Does he? Yeah. That's crazy. You dig them out and line them all up on the road, and then you just gotta find a big enough street to race them all next to each other. And yeah. you realize that
0: none of them actually go very fast,
4: no. it's a big disappointment to everybody. The 66 was <laughs> probably get the best engine on it. Yeah. Right, you know? Yeah. Because of the style of car it was. It's like that, that wasn't fire coming out of the
2: exhaust, that was a backfire.
4: <laughs> Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Dangerous to stand too close to it. Who put jet fuel in my car? <laughs> <laughs> Burt Ward's like it wasn't
5: me. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you do look like you smell like gas. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you can see that? Um, all man. the steam coming off him. A little green booties. Yeah, well. Is he is he wearing
0: the Robin costume? Of this course,
3: whole time? man. Oh. He, like he's
4: not going to wear the costume. It's Everybody's... a little
0: tight.
2: Everybody else is in regular clothes and he's still in the Burt Ward Robin costume. Right. <laughs> he's no longer the boy wonder. Mm. Like, boy, I wonder how he got into that suit.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, man. <sighs>
0: God. It's kind of yeah, It's kind of old news, probably. I don't know if you guys know about this. There's a show on, I guess it's on Discovery Channel. And I, I found it on Netflix. But there's a show hosted by William Chatner. It's like a like Ripley's believe it or not type show hosted by William Shatner. Huh, really? It's pretty it's pretty crazy. I think it's called Weird or What.
4: Weird or What. So,
0: huh. if you have Netflix, it's it's worth watching cuz William Shatner tries to be serious and it's really hard to take him serious when he's talking.
2: W- wasn't he supposed to be doing that show, crap my dad says? What yeah, that show that he was, was doing that was one that he was yeah. Did that fall out? I have no idea.
0: I watched the first couple episodes of it. it was, was it funny? A couple of years ago. I don't remember even. Huh. Huh. This this one's more, yeah, Discovery
2: Channel show. but Then he has his talk show. His talk
1: show? Yeah. What? He's still doing that? Shit, shit. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. But there is a TV, TV show. show. He ha- yeah. Okay. He,
2: he brings guests on and talks to them.
0: Oh, I kind of remember... I don't think I've seen it, but I know what you're talking yeah. about. Now. They're like on a couch. It's a talk mm-hmm. show.
2: That's right. Yeah. yeah, talk show. Have you you've heard I've of it? I've seen it. It's before. on A and E or some crap. Yeah, it's been a while, but
4: I think that means art and entertainment back in the day. I'm pretty sure that's what it was supposed to stand for. No, mm. it's just A and E. Okay, so uh, we'll call that news for right oh. now, I guess. A-holes Unless and you got something else, Rob.
3: Does anybody know what CW stands for? It was a mix between Fox
4: and
0: <laughs> CBS and the WB. Yeah.
4: So what, is it CBS and WB? Is that what that's it means? Probably what it stands Does it mean for. Colorado West? Didn't no, we talk about this a long I time? I feel like ago. we did probably. And I, just I think I said the same thing just yeah. now.
0: I don't know. My—if I was guessing, I'd say it's a combination of CBS and WB. But so, I
4: I so if C-B- you unabbreviate like them, it's CBS and WB. Yeah, that's it may
2: weird. not even be an abbreviation. That just may be what it's called. Gotcha.
4: Crap that's watchable, maybe. If it was WC, they'd make watchable crap. <laughs> it would be awesome. Oh, hell. That's Not debatable. watching crap, mister. <laughs> you, Look, at turning too literal. <laughs> too, too literal. Look at the flies. you got to stop. There's videos on the internet for people like you. They're bad videos. The grass watching. Okay, so news, Rob? Any other random questions? No? All right. So we got an email question, Let's uh, actually let's go through, we'll do that last, we'll do uh, everybody's standings in the fantasy football for right now. Oh,
5: yeah.
4: So in the fantasy football league, currently, because there was a Thursday night game. I'm winning. No you're not. Yeah. No. I'm always winning. You're well. I'm like that crazy guy with Tiger that's, Blood. That's the, that's the, Charlie Sheen? That guy. Oh right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like about you, <laughs> the Tiger Blood. So we got Spirits of Engines currently tied for the lead at hundred and forty one points with uh Imberhamber beef, I think it's how you say it. I don't I don't actually know how to say that. Do words? Anything? Ember no nothing? Okay. i I think that's right, we'll get a rating on that later, I guess. Uh so they're tied at this point. Um third place, since first and second are technically tied. Uh is uh J. Cadmo, and he's at 129 points. Then after that we have Knights of Unicron. Knights of Unicron are staggering 118. He is uh, in f- fourth place. Are they staggering because they're all drunk? Uh, no, I think... Uh, I was surprised that he was doing so well. <coughs> um, then we have the Donkey Kongs at 107 points. Then humans at 102 points. Josh's King... At 96 points. The Dark Knights at 95 points. I gotta do something about Nosha Moreno, because he might not play this week.
2: Is that like Nosha Moreno? No, right
4: uh, no well, I feel like that about him right now, but that's not entirely the case. Questionable. Anyway, uh, then uh, Baldass the Brave, who I happen to know made his team on Sunday, so he had four teams to choose from for Monday Night Football. And he still came out with 87 points. It's, am- it's amazing. Okay, I believe you. And then, uh, <laughs> well, I know because I, I realized he... Had, no, I know. I was looking at the stats, and I'm like, why doesn't he have any players playing? So I sent him a message, and he's like, oh, I forgot to do that. I'm like, seriously? <sighs> so he made the
3: the name, but he didn't pick players?
4: Well, he he registered his team to play, but he hadn't built... A, I, I guess he was just waiting to see who did or did not get fired, or maybe he was worried about the Ray Rice situation. Because mm. maybe, maybe Ray Rice was his linchpin, and now that Ray, Ray, Ray Rice is apparently, a, I don't know, going a preacher or something, he's no longer an option in the football league. I mean, he's still there. You could pick him if you want him, but he's not going to do anything because he's been suspended, fired. His name's there, though. Such a tard. <laughs> I'm not dragging a stick or wearing a helmet. I probably should be. Anyway, uh, then uh, unfortunately, currently in, in tenth place would be the Suicide Squad at seventy-six points. So overall, not 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 horrible standings. No one came in at zero, which is better than what I thought was going to happen. So uh, you know, we'll see how uh, we'll see how that progresses from this week out. So keep your standards low. Uh, mm. Well, I, no, it's not. <laughs> so so far we've
3: had like a week and a quarter. So we've had one. One full week of games, and then just the Thursday just night. Just Thursday games. night, yeah.
4: So so there's a whole weekend of games coming up, and dudes can totally lose their, their jobs and get fired for slapping ladies or blow out their knees. So anybody's game are Those Are the only two options? No, Ross, there's <laughs> a whole slew of options, but I don't have enough time for that.
0: That's really helping. Those are the only two reasons.
4: No.
3: No, there's, they've they've invented a lot of reasons to get fired <laughs> for oh. football. Oh,
4: yeah drug tests be damned. Killing people? Pac-Man Jones? <laughs> yeah. I, technically, he's Pac-Man not the one Jones. that did it, but being Pac-Man Jones. Then <laughs> you wind up playing the Canadian League and you're like, there's a Canadian football league? I'm like, surprisingly enough, there is. I
2: guess. The didn't, rules are a little different. Didn't Ricky Williams play in Canadian football league yeah, after he, he got did. fired from the Yeah, Yeah, he
4: did. Yeah, Ricky Williams and Pac-Man Jones. Ricky Williams like, I'm going to find myself and we'll live on a mountain someplace. And he's like, oh, I need some money. I'm going
2: to go up to Canada because their flag looks like a pot leaf. That's... Oh wait! <laughs> this was a bad idea. Yeah, I can't smoke that flag.
4: <laughs> oh, Ricky Williams! He came back trying to pay back the money owed the Miami Dolphins. I don't know if they ever figured itself out or yeah. not. Yeah, loan sharks. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> That's... Anyway, okay. So moving forward, uh, question from the readers. Or oh, Rob, you got something else? No, it's... You, I can see that you have it, and you're just not gonna. Okay. How did Craig pick his team? You know, I don't know if he looked for guys that look like the Predator. Or the tightest pants. Or, uh, you, you don't really get a picture of their pants, so that would take him a lot more work. You, you get
3: a no full body, you just get headshots.
4: Headshots, so. That headshots. guy looks like he wore tight pants. And a, and a brief description. Pick him. He's fast. <laughs> I don't know how you know he's fast. <laughs> tight pants. the tighter pants, the guy. Is that how it works? Mm-hmm. Less restriction. That's <laughs> More restrictions. Less. No. There's less clothes to get hung up on the air. Oh. More aerodynamics is what you mean. Exactly. Okay. You should have known that. Uh, no, well, yeah, it took me a minute. Okay, so uh, moving forward, a uh, question from the audience. Not that anybody cares about the fancy League, but at least there's people in it. Okay, so which uh, well, you could still join if you want to. You just are behind the curve a little bit. So I say join. I mean, God forbid those of us that try look like the retards next to the ones that don't care.
3: After all, you know, Baldass the brave. He only had one game, and he
4: beat half the league. So I'll give you. There was two Monday night games, so technically you got four teams. But nevertheless, the dude started out with no players at all, and like every other team was used. That's pretty. That's pretty impressive. That's it's pretty good. it's yeah, it's good. I'm impressed. Anyway, okay. So, question for the audience. This comes from uh, Mike. And uh let's see. When Mystique transforms into her other into other characters, does she acquire their special abilities such as Cyclops' optic blast and Hulk's strength? If so, when she's in trouble, why not transform into Galactus or Thanos and just in the problem?
3: And the, we we kind of discussed this a little bit. It's it's a pretty it's a quick answer. Unfortunately, it's no. She doesn't she doesn't obtain any of their special Mutant abilities beyond what she can physically copy. She
2: no. Not, she's not like mimic.
5: No. No.
3: Which, um, we have seen her produce claws before, which we mm-hmm. talked about, but the claws are not of the substance that they look like. So they were actually, we've seen them cut off by Wolverine
4: before. Although, what was actually cut off of her? Yeah, that's a good question. It's like she had bloody stumps afterwards. It's like she lost five pounds. Mm. Right. Mm. That sounds yeah, good Sorry,
2: Luckily, I used my
3: brain matter for that. Exactly.
4: <laughs> Hold on. thinking parts. It's that skull on my head. I don't know math anymore, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we, we were talking earlier about when she figured out at the one point she was being affected by an inhibitor.
3: Yes. Um, during the tail end of the X-Factor storyline, when she had the inhibitor in her side of her head, she was learning how she could manipulate her... Uh, shape-shifting to actually decrease the mass in her bones so she could do things like fly off of wings that she'd created but uh, it was something that was kind of quickly forgotten after that series was done so
4: yeah I don't remember it ever being and if she copied wings anyway she used them to fly I, mean, I would assume but that's not really the same as just having flying power well
3: that was the whole trick is that no matter how big she looked she was always the same mass so she copied the blob. She's still only ninety pounds, or you know, one hundred and ten pounds, or whatever she is. Um, but yeah, she was she was able to do that. But yeah, we that that
4: led us to the other characters that copy powers. So like mimic and morph. Right. And the mimic was a different story. Cause as long as he was around the, the mutants within whatever radius, he was able to mimic their powers exactly and use them, even combine them. But eventually, that got out of control, and, and he's not actually he's not actually a mutant. No. No.
3: Mimic, uh, Mimics uh, got his powers through science. It was a formula developed by his father. Um, and it was the... he, he fought the super-adaptoid, and the adaptoid tried to copy his ability, which caused feedback in both of them, which made him uh, stuck with the original X-Men's abilities. Uh, ultimately, he wound up chasing off himself to
4: Alaska for a long while. Yeah, he was living up in the wasteland so he wasn't around anybody else, because other powers still affected him. Yeah. But he he couldn't hold them or keep them. Yeah, they resulted
3: in, like, a massive discharge of energy, but he kept all the original X-Men powers. Um, now, there was something that was done to him later on, and unfortunately, like I said, it was kind of a, a shady spot for me there, where there was a bunch of uh, experiments done on, on mutants like the blob that changed his abilities. It made... Um, Morph be able to be or not Morph, I'm sorry, Mimic uh, able to control those powers and keep the original five without being overwhelmed by other people's powers but it also was a process that was done to the blob where he was able to like de-hook his bones and almost
4: stretch yeah, I remember that stuff because he looked pretty gross sometimes
3: uh, I believe that's also when Caliban got his big face lifts and he came out as much larger like almost like a Hulk version of the Caliban right, he looked cool then I like that. Um, Mimic, on the other hand, was, uh, he died very quickly in our regular continuity. And we get to see him again in Age of Ultra, or I'm sorry, Age of Apocalypse, and then also in The Exiles. And in both of those, he seemed to be able to just copy whoever he wanted, but he was a very, like, kind of slapsticky kind of character, so we never really saw the extent of his abilities.
4: So, no she can't yes the so answer for mystique no. no 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 optic blast
3: I I still don't think Raven Darkholm's even her real name although they've
4: been greatly accepting that lately well yeah the way we understand that that's not the truth either so but hey you know whatever and, second I don't know if she's ever actually met Galactus or Thanos so I'm pretty sure she'd have to see them and do it and even if she did try transform into one of them the whole weight thing It'd be like paper-thin skin, and I don't know how that would even... I'm not saying it's undoable, I'm just saying that... uh would be pretty freaky, The yeah, yeah. Galactus just magically appear wherever you're at. Well, I'm pretty sure that's how he gets around, isn't it? He floats through space, and no one sees him until he's there. Boom. <laughs> that's what he does, man.
3: He only took the Jack Kirby style of flying, so he just flies standing up.
4: Perfect. That's what I'm not disagreeing. Not disagreeing. All right. So, uh do you want to start with the Aquaman? Dun 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 dun. Aquaman. Is that new theme song? I don't know, Ross. I'm looking at you, though. I thought Jaws was gonna
5: come
4: Well, it is a water thing.
2: Aquaman.
4: Right. It's good stuff. Okay, so uh, Futures in Aquaman number one. Okay.
3: All right, so uh, we actually kind of start off with Volko, who either by artist design or just by what's happened to him in the last five years has kind of slimmed down a bit. But he's swimming off to this cave with this kind of ornate shield. Uh, and We later find out the shield is called the Shield of Life, and it's evidently one of the Dead King's artifacts. And he's surrounded by Tula and a bunch of the other people that have always been questionable. Um with their allegiance to Aquaman and they're trying to reawaken something with the shield, call some kind of portal forth. Um, From there we catch up with stuff that's going on in the surface world. We find out that evidently whatever happened in the whole Earth 2 war, the sea became a casualty of the war. Right. Aquaman chose to have his people aid the surface world in fighting in this Earth 2 war nonsense, whatever happened. And in the end, the oceans were poisoned, burned, turned corrosive, and most of the fish life and plant life have died. to talk about waves of fire. Now, over time, evidently, the surface world has basically decided, yeah, we're not really going to help you because you're not going to give us resources that we want. Aquaman, of course, trying to bridge the gap between both, is trying to find a way that the surface world will see the glanteans and know how badly they're suffering for their help. However, Aglantus doesn't want to hear any of that. You know, they, uh, they just see that the surface world doesn't care about them anymore, and so they're like, well, we should have sunk those fools before. So two of the people who are actually trying to help are two of the people that are a part of the Aquaman and the Others.
0: I'm, I think so, yeah. I'm
3: pretty sure that's when the girl who can walk in the spirit world. And I know the kid is the agent's grandson. If I'm right. I think so. Is His
0: name right? I think so. I think you're good.
3: Okay. They're trying to build a refinery to help purify the water, help rebuilds ocean life, and they want to be an attack by Atlanteans, who are all about you know just killing them because they're humans, and you're getting too close to you know our nation. And Aquaman kind of intervenes in the end and winds up kind of beating them down and sending them back to the ocean. And in a way, even though it's a very Aquaman. I'm going to punch you in the face while trying to teach you a lesson kind of way. <laughs> right. He's trying to make them see, like, that this isn't the right way to go. And the Atlantean people are kind of like, you know, we're tired of your flip-flopping, going back and forth, you know. We don't understand why you're so connected to the, uh, to the surface world. And Aquaman kind of realizes in the end that he needs to find a way to explain to Atlantis that they need to have this surface world area so that the rest of the world can see how, how bad it is in Atlantis. Because right oh. now they don't see it. Oh right, yeah, outside of the mind kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, from there we also find that Aquaman has rekindled this affair with the girl who can talk to the Cheetahs and stuff mm-hmm. from the others as well.
1: Name a- is?
0: Yawara, I think. Yawara? Mm-hmm. Yawara. Okay. I think. I don't remember that. I could be pronouncing it wrong. Closer than I had. Yeah, like so. Yawara. Somewhere.
3: Okay. And, like, he's very much... Like, that's the relationship he wants to be in now. Which kind of makes you wonder what's happened in the last five years with him and Mira.
0: Yeah, that seems really odd to me, but... Yeah. Anyway. We
3: definitely knew that a
0: before.
1: downgrade.
3: Yeah. Hmm. Well, we knew before that there was something between those two. Back in the others'
0: day. Yeah, but he always, like...
1: He was, like, he was always, like...
0: That's not really... What I want to be or anything
3: to yeah. yeah, um, and so we kind of get you know, we we find out that you know, the undersea world is not quite
4: as loyal to Aquaman as they used to be. Well, at this point, they're very well like ha- most of them have turned against him. They don't like that it that he's led the, the the them into the war the way he did. They feel like if they would have just not done anything, then they would never have been affected because no one would have found them on the bottom of the ocean. Which, I don't know, I guess could be true, but chances are that's not the case. And the Aquaman says there would have, the war would come to us, and regardless, it was just up to us to make the right the decision to, to make it our choice to fight. So, I, yeah, and you see everything's trashed. Like, it's still, the sea, nothing's been rebuilt, um, which, of course, all the people seem to be pissed about that because he's up building his refinery thing for the surface people, which they don't get that it's really to fix the ocean and try to help everybody. It seems like they just think it's something he's building for them, for the for the service-dwellers, whereas their kingdom is stone rubble.
3: One of the other things that we learn is that um, Mira's people that were in the Bermuda Triangle evidently were hit pretty hard from this, and the water was poisoned around where they were at, and so a lot of her people are, are dead or dying at this point. Mm-hmm. And so it's another thing that's kind of drove this wedge between him and Mira. As Aquaman kind of comes down and he's surveying what's going on and, like, the refugees in his own kingdom, he's set upon by Mira and the Separatists. And as they kind of battle him back, we wind up finding out what Valko was doing this whole time, which was using the life shield to revive the, the dead king. They're going to put him back on the throne of Atlantis. And basically they're, like... Uh, they're telling Aquaman either you can submit to them or you can die, and the surface world will be the same. And Mira kind of takes his her place at his side. So.
4: place next to the Dead King. Yeah.
3: So the Dead King, reformed by the Life Shield now, is going to be the ruler of Atlantis, at least in the Future Zen stuff.
0: So, lots of.
4: It's crazy, Tom. Yeah,
0: crazy it's really, really crazy.
4: Considering we just saw Aquaman destroy him like what two or three inches ago in the regular regular and regular time continuity, it's, it was a little while back, but yeah. it was still okay.
3: It's still pretty fresh, yeah. But that's the other thing is that you know all the others still have his gear, mm-hmm. and i I didn't get a chance to check this out. It's not one that we're going to be talking about, but I've seen the the mask, um, and I think it's like Vulcan who had that is going to be in Justice League United. Which yeah. is crazy because he's dead, yeah.
0: so... I don't um, remember his name, but yeah, you're right. Really, to me, the whole issue seemed really, really out of place for Aquaman. Like, I know it's supposed to be a future type thing, but, like, everything in it didn't seem Aquaman-like at all.
3: I think his 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 point of view seemed very Aquaman-like. But, yeah. like, him him abandoning Mira seems really off.
5: Mm. Like,
3: I think even, even in old continuity, when they lost the kid and Mira went nuts and just took off to a whole different dimension, yeah. Aquaman still was like, oh,
0: yeah. I sure hope Mira comes back soon.
1: Well, maybe he figured out she doesn't have a soul.
0: And that's actually <laughs> where the beard era came about.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was the, the whole Mira being gone thing.
3: He's mm. so
4: saying he replaced her soul with his beard. No. no, okay. Funny in my head.
3: <laughs> well, she already, in theory, didn't have a soul, so it was her lack of soul that
4: made him have the beard. Well, you mean that because of her red hair? That yes. that's, that's what you're talking about over there. Yes. <laughs> so so maybe she had a draining effect, and as she left, he became more powerful, so
3: he had to build a beard to keep draining himself.
5: <laughs>
4: <Jeez>. <laughs> Man, that doesn't... just Stop. <laughs> if, if the situation wasn't confused before it definitely is now <laughs> uh, so it's hard to say what caused the rift between the two of them in order to drive him back to the girl from the others and le- him leave her in charge down underwater basically because he says at one point that it's Muir's job to keep those people in line and so at this point he believed that she was still working with him until he gets down there and all of a sudden hears the old sea king and she's like yeah I'm going to sit next to him you can go to hell
0: yeah, and see, Mira being on charge doesn't make any sense in current Aquaman stuff either.
3: No, because she's still very much kind
4: of looked down upon. Yeah, because like she an was from the yeah. past. Yeah. And I can regular Glantians, though, but this is like a mix of both. These Glantians and people She's from not the really Rift.
0: accepted by her other people, though, either, because she oh, kind yeah, of abandoned that's true. them. Yeah. yeah and
4: yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. the other
0: thing. Like, she, she was kind of upset about it, but in she never has cared about her own people like at all almost
3: yeah but I mean genocide will do that I guess
0: yeah
4: <laughs> man man, yeah, that's a good point there's something else interesting earlier on that the Aquaman said he said something about people on the surface world feeling uneasy with all these random duplicates walking around like earth two people Oh yeah. So it's almost like, depending, I don't without knowing what's happening in the war, which is the next thing coming out for Earth Two. Uh, it sounds like there's duplicates of people. So like Earth Two people wind up over here, and then there winds up being like your double, hanging yeah. out. Yeah, that's so actually. Are we seeing Aquaman One or Aquaman Two? Is Mira One? <laughs> well, or I know Mira we've two? seen Aquaman Woman <clears throat> in Earth Two, so I don't know. If... Hmm. I just a random like thought that came to my head. Yeah,
0: no, I was thinking that too, actually. Cause...
4: apparently, this is going to be continued in the others' book. So, hmm.
0: which this seemed more like in. this seemed more like an Aquaman and the others' story than a.
3: Yeah, it did. So I'm I'm kind of glad that it is going to continue in the others. Hmm. So it'll be neat to see where this goes. But yeah, they they've mentioned throughout uh, Futures End, at least what I've read, which I'm admittedly a little behind. That at some point, Earth Two bled into Earth One. And so we have Earth-2 rep, uh, refugees running around. Right. Uh, but there was evidently a whole war between the two. And, yeah, so there there is Earth-2 people that are probably in Earth-1 as well. So,
4: Yeah, well, I don't know. It, it, it's an interesting idea, but it reminds me of the French TV show. Because I'm like, <laughs> <It laughs> doppelgangers.
0: It reminds me of, uh, wasn't it, Infinite Crisis, where they all merged together and...
4: Oh, yeah, well, mm-hmm. that's true birth
0: 2 came over to even just
3: the first crisis i think was yeah we were was talking one about and two
4: smashing together which that's no one the other day and that's um, what he yeah that's what he remembers good now, stuff
3: now of course they didn't have actually have a war it was basically like just flash sacrificed himself and yeah everything smashed together and it was just done we we kind of got the the best of both sides and they did a little mini reboot and everything was fine
4: right which this one they're like yeah no everybody kills each other
3: <laughs> It'll be awesome.
4: Sweet. <laughs> Nothing like giant
3: battle. <laughs> and evidently Apocalypse was connected to that as well, because not only was it there were two people, they talked about parademons for a second in this book. Yeah, and you know, yeah. I,
0: when I was first reading it, I was like, oh yeah, five years ago it was the Justice League, but then I thought about it, and I was like, wait, this is the future, so five years ago is...
4: Yeah. Yeah, about where we're at while. now, hmm. in current continuity. Yeah, it... We'll have to see what happens in the Outsiders, the Outsiders book. Um, so, Mike, you know the score for book?
1: Well, like Ross though, didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, it's the piece of Mike. The, trying to piece it all together was kind of like a, eh. Um I give it a two and a half.
4: Right.
1: Ross? Give it a two.
4: Give it a two?
0: Yeah, I didn't like it at all.
4: If, I thought it
0: was very uncharacteristic of all the characters in the book.
4: We're talking five years down the road, Ross. Yeah, but War changes people. Yeah,
2: but, but we don't have any backing to know that.
4: Have you not ever seen a war happen? No. Not in this what
1: particular in, in series, no. Stuff.
5: no.
2: No. No? Okay. I don't watch that stuff. That's, yeah, that's not... I like bright, shiny dispositions on people.
4: Yeah, you've seen Star Wars. There's kind of war in that. That's not a war. It's got war in the name. Space war? <laughs>
2: That's, that's a... It does, it does have a war in the a, name. A, a
4: yeah. War the, Kelsey's score?
5: I didn't even read it.
4: Oh. A, sad day. <laughs> take, take that, Aquaman, I guess. <laughs> to,
2: to her credit, she doesn't read much of anything. Okay, it's well... It's a
4: true story. Okay. Gardas Two.
3: Sweet. It was strong.
4: It was a strong two. All right. Two. All right. Was,
3: was
2: a solid two. Tall Tall two.
4: <laughs> Dude, those were... That's really not even words. That's number two. <laughs> that's pretty good. It was a number two. Uh, that's not... No, that's not the case. Man, I... Steve? Okay, so... <laughs> I'll give it a two and a half. Like, I didn't think it was a bad story. It's in the future. I know. War. What, the, you, you guys were talking twos <laughs> like they're bad. Think about the scale. There's only five options on the scale. We don't give I any mean, number fives mm-hmm. at all. Two's not so, passing, though. One is, like, terrible... <laughs> Two is like I don't know, like it's right. below. It doesn't matter. I'd say like nothing. Two's below three. That's the worst. <laughs> You know what? Ah, <laughs> That's <man. crazy. laughs> You know, uh, okay. I'll give it a three then. Ooh. Be- you know, I didn't. I didn't think it was bad. Story wise, I'll give you that. Things are a little bit different. There's definitely a rift between Aquaman and Mira. It makes me more interested to see like how everything got jacked up. You know, they talk about this war. They talk about the double, the double people from Earth Two, and talk about apocalypse. I'm like, wow, I'm more interested in this whole war idea than I was before. You know, we just finished up Trinity War, and it wasn't really much of a war at all. And now they're talking about this other destroys the ocean stuff. And I'm like, ah, okay, maybe this will be awesome.
2: I don't think we're going to see any of it ever, though.
4: You know, we probably won't.
2: Is this future going to be current continuity, then? Or is this just a flash to the future? This is a flash control? to the future. That's kind of
5: dumb.
4: Well, it's the September's, September's anniversary thing this year is going to be Future's in. Right. Last mm-hmm. year they did villains month and the year before that they did zero issues so the the advantage to
3: this story for future's end is that you can do as bat crazy stuff as you want because you don't really have to deal with the consequences so you can have all the kind of crazy stories of ripping out superman's arms and batman getting his head chopped off or whatever because you know that you don't really have to live with the consequences of that and have to dream up a way to bring them back so you're saying it doesn't matter well it's hard to say so because with pretty pretty everything, everything that's going on Batman Beyond is not just gonna do all this stuff and then not come back or not have any more kind of impact right. but is is it like kingdom come sure now I would never say that kingdom come was a throwaway. <laughs> But I don't want Kingdom Come to be the future.
2: Right, but that's what they were working toward in the previous
0: DC.
3: Yes oh, and no.
0: Yeah, only once it was successful. It's kind of a different version of Kingdom Come, I think. Mm. Yeah. So maybe we'll see things like this happening in the future of DC Comics. So so things, things will change the new, so they don't have to The have new them.
2: 52 Kingdom Come. <laughs> and stuff could be changed in the past to change that anyway.
1: Right. Just one possible future. Rob, score? <laughs>
3: I'm just going to say, you know, just because it's a possible doesn't mean that it's not worth reading. You know? If something's cool that works there, it'll probably be affecting the regular universe. I'd, I'd give it a, a three as well, actually. I, I didn't mind the issue. I agree with Ross that it seems like people were playing way against their stereotype. I'd like to see the others again, though, working with the Aquaman. I'd like to see where they're going to go with that. It was a neat idea to bring back the the Dead King. I'm interested to see where that uh, takes us. It would have been nicer if it if it felt more right for his his type, but I like that Aquaman still is very much like I'm going to teach with my fists. Yeah. that's kind of how Aquaman has been, at least in my mind.
4: That's true. He's trying to teach him a lesson while he's beating him. One more thing
0: with the with the dead king because that kind of bothered me too. Because mm-hmm. the dead king was like as dead as can be yes. in regular Aquaman, and then they're like. Shield of Life. Yep. Bring him back.
3: They talked about him actually completely melting.
0: Yeah. So I kind
3: of wonder if Volko really brought back the Dead King.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good
3: point. Maybe it's. Because, um, you know, one thing that we never touched so far in Aquaman lore is. Like, everybody was always afraid of Aqualad because of his purple eyes, because mm-hmm. his dad was a crazy necromancer, or mm-hmm. the last guy with purple eyes was a crazy necromancer.
4: Mm
0: hmm.
1: Could this
3: be that legend starting? Who no, knows?
0: Maybe. You know, they actually did lead to that when Jeff Johns was doing Aquaman too.
1: Back when they Aquaman did. liked to stab stab things with his trident. Yeah, like mm. fish, maple yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs>
3: Well, he does make it pretty. They do have a big thing where he turns the trident around to beat people.
1: So It's not like stabbing him. Well, no, he,
2: he stabbed Swamp Thing with it. Oh
1: good. Yeah, but that's yeah.
4: Not, not.
1: And he stabbed Darkseid in that the first eye. story arc. He yep. did. He, he stabbed first and asked questions later.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that's what he did. Of course, though these are Atlanteans, too. He didn't want to kill any of them. Uh, yeah,
4: mm-hmm. he still did not kill his own people.
1: How, Civil Norm- wars. How, How can I human? rule you when you're yeah. dead?
4: Yeah. <laughs> so I
3: kind of, I kind of question if the Sea King, or I'm sorry, the Dead King is even the actual Dead King. The actual Dead King.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And if they ever get, like, if that's part of the story in the next one and they answer that...
3: That'd be kind of cool. That'd be cool, yeah. but... You know who I, wasn't there it
0: Huh. Ocean Master.
3: Yeah. Oh. You'd think if there's Strife with the Atlanteans, where's Ocean Master? We got Volco. Huh, that's a good
0: question. So. Um, I don't know if, if someone that's more current on Aquaman than I am, but I don't think Volco's ever been released from prison, either.
3: No. no, I don't think so, either. I think he's still, I think he's still trapped. But huh? Lots of things can happen in five years.
4: Especially yeah, this, At this years. point, he hunted around, it's been, it, he hunted around and found the life shield, and now he made himself a taco. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Alright! So I think, about two and a half? Yeah.
3: Overall? Wow. Something yeah. like
4: that. That'd be, f- yeah. Yeah, I think two and a half was right. So, all right, so uh, let's do uh, Copperhead.
2: Copperhead number one. Number one. Written by Jay Faber, Farber. Drawn by S- Scott Godlewski. 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 It's a good name. I think it's Scott. Yeah. The art's kind of a mixture between, um, like Doc Shaner, from who's drawn uh, Flash Gordon, and oh, okay. and Sean Murphy.
3: I got, I got a. Let's get see Murphy in it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess okay because I can. So we start. The out. edges are. Yeah. Okay. I see what you mean.
2: Go on. So we start out on a uh, maglev train with a female we find out later named Clara with her son Zeke, and they've flown to this planet called Jasper, and it took twenty seven hours to get there. <clears throat> so they're on this train, and she's just uh, kind of writing to who I assume is Zeke's father. And we don't know where he's at, if he's hurt, if he's dead, if he's alive. She may just be writing this. And we know that uh, they're kind of going to this new place together to start anew. And uh, she's sitting on the train, and her son falls fell asleep across the, from her. And some dude comes up and says, hey, is this seat taken? She's like, move along. Uh, but he persists to sit next to her. And uh, he's like, hey, if you keep talking, I can tell you where you're from by your accent. <laughs> and she's like, no, just get the hell away from me. And he keeps pestering her. So another dude comes up, and, uh, like, I think the lady wants you to leave, sir. And uh, he's like, piss off. And the lady's like, hey, no, it's fine. Uh, we, I can take care of myself. Right. And the guy's like, no, uh, you need to leave, sir. And she's like, no, I just want just." My kids asleep. Be quiet. Leave me alone. And uh, they they proceed to uh, fisticuffs. Pretty much do it out. Yeah, yeah.
3: full on brawl on the train.
2: <laughs> and her son wakes up, and uh, she's like, "I asked nicely." So we see the train come to a stop, and both of these gentlemen fall out of the door, and she walks out in front or behind them with her son in tow, and uh, we see this big. Alien looking capybara kind of big creature.
5: Kind of like a dog giraffe looking thing. That's not about. even close to what it looks <laughs> like, but <laughs> well, it, did, it, did,
0: it did remind me of a capybara. Yeah. I can see that.
2: And he's holding up a sign that says Sheriff Bronson, and Sheriff's only spelled with one F. <laughs> I'm
3: not even aware what a capybara is though. Sorry. It's the world's
2: largest rodent, and it looks exactly like his face. Huh. Except with not his bulgy eyes. That's it for me.
3: Close to kill a log. That's what yeah,
0: he was saying, too. Yeah. He was it's like a Kilalog. No. It looks like a capybara to me, but the character reminds me of Kilalog yeah. a lot.
2: And uh, he's wearing, like, some... Pa- it looks... Uh, there's no way to get around it. It's like power armor.
4: Yeah. Okay.
2: And it's got a big star on the chest. Oh, yeah. So we find out that he is uh, a deputy, and she is the new sheriff in town. And uh, they proceed to talk. It's a good talk between the two. Like... Two Fs. And he's like, what? Sheriff spelled with two Fs. Well, that must be why they hired you instead of me, because because right. my spelling. So uh, they go through the town, and we find out that this is after a war has happened and that he was supposed to be put in charge, or he assumed he would be put in charge because people like them said that, referring to her, said that he would. and uh, He was
5: doing it for two weeks by himself.
1: Mm-hmm. He seemed to be a little butthurt.
2: Oh, yeah. That they bring in a foreigner... Rather than Lutnam, rather because than because he's and he's one of them, so she's presiding over his kind of, and it's very uh, kind of Star Trek esque, um, Tatooine looking, like in yeah. the desert. Yeah,
3: it's a it's a pretty deserty world. Isn't it, isn't it's like
1: Western. kind of Western feel. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Western. Western yeah,
5: thing. like Deadwood.
2: So then they're talking, and he he's like. Uh, they find out his name is uh Budrux Iffinicus. Budrux And the kid tries to say it and he's all boo Ruh, and uh mom's like, he'll call you boo. <laughs> he's like, I wish he wouldn't And uh so they're in this like hover car that kinda looks like a Star Trek speeder.
4: Right.
2: And uh and we find out that the town's called Copperhead, and that's where they get the the name, the name of it the from. And
4: yeah, it's the name of the city.
2: So they need to start fresh. So they show up at the the uh, police station, and uh, he presents her with the new armor she's going to have. And it's the same that he has, a little smaller, but it's got bullet holes in it as well. Yeah. Right. Evidently
3: that was, was the sheriff's Yeah. Extremely
1: yeah. really used.
2: Yeah, we. It's they don't have that kind of budget. And it's
4: not the tourist place. And she's like, oh, there's a tourist place here? yeah she talks about the office being like run down or whatever it's not what she's accustomed to right but yeah basically giving her whatever their vests would be all shot up already and
2: then uh, they're talking and another dude comes in looks like i don't know what he looks like a pink alien a na- mushroom head. naked pink <laughs> alien he's
0: one of those sharks
2: and, and, he's, and l- sharks. he says hey the sea are are going at it again and i guess the sea are this family that always fights and uh he's like i'll be there in a minute and he's like well, why don't you tell it to her because he's not used to uh relinquishing that kind of power now he has to for the last couple of weeks he's been well, in charge now he's not in charge and uh she introduces herself and uh the dude says uh they've been fighting and last time this happened the mom had to go to the hospital so evidently this is a fighting clan of aliens so then she says, hey, stay here, kid, and they head off into their uh, police racer. And they have that conversation about him having to rel- relinquish power, and she needs to show her force, us, and uh, she'll be taking orders from him and stuff like that. Or he'll be taking orders from her.
3: And she's, she's a little <coughs> rude about it, but I think it's, she thought she needed to do that, I guess.
2: So then they show up at the Seawolves' place, and it looks like... Uh, uh, Aunt Uncle Brew, Aunt, Aunt Brew's place <laughs> from Star, uh, Star Wars, kind of like a plantation, and we see these alien beings that kind of look like giant minions with four arms and more alien looking, and the squid guys or the uh, jelly
4: guys from Futurama. <laughs> kind
1: of reminded me of glomulus, only a different color, kind of. Yeah, well, I mean, somewhat.
4: Yeah, but yeah, they, they do look like the Futurama slug things, the ones that digest you. And we, we can't see through them, but whatever.
2: And we see Clara's first, uh, you know, view of this, and she says, Sweet Jesus. <laughs> and we don't know her background, so this may be all new to her, or she may have some interaction. But, uh, and then, uh, boo's like classic domestic squabble. And we see these two aliens. One appears to be a, a larger alien, and he's, uh, kind of doing the bear hug on the, the smaller one. She shoots her gun in the air because she can't get any, uh, compliance from them, and uh, eventually they she gets uh, she gets her attention, and she asks the younger one, so was your daddy beating you up? And he's like, no, ma'am, he was just playing. Then we see somebody yell, you leave my family alone, and we see it's the big bad female, the big mama of the house. Oh, yeah. And she runs after uh, Clara, and she basically just tackles her to the ground. Clara kicks her free over her head. And she just she informs her that hey you just assaulted a police officer, and Mama doesn't say anything. So uh, the the young kids like get her ma, so they're they're totally behind Mama. She approaches Clara again and uh, gets punched in her uh, her face, and uh, they score her off and they continue to fight. And she gets back down on the ground in a chokehold, and Clara has got a backup pistol in her boot. She takes out that pistol, points it at her. And Mama stops, and uh, Clara says, thanks for the help, Boo. And Boo's like, didn't want to undermine your authority, Sheriff. So we've already got kind of that head-button thing going on. Right. And it's continuing. So they get back to the station, and uh, there's a dude standing out in front, and she left her son there alone. And she yells for her son, and... Uh,
3: well, she has kind of a an interesting reaction two to this guy that's standing out in front, too. Like, uh, I don't know. It was more than, like, just afraid that something really wrong was was going on with the kid. Like, her, her facial reaction was crazy. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways.
2: So, we we go inside. She's still got her gun drawn at him. And, uh, we see this old, kind of kind of barren, plantation owning looking guy. It
5: looks like an impal
2: Okay.
4: That works, too. He's kind of shaped like one. And, uh, but yeah he's cotton
2: cotton gin runner yeah and Zeke's just standing in front of him he's got a shoulder on Zeke and she's howdy Sheriff Bronson I presume and Zeke's fine and uh they go about talking and, and he introduces himself as Benjamin Benjamin Hickory and he's got two others with him and they kind of look I don't know alien but human looking and uh she refused and, th- and he states that these are my bodyguards and they go everywhere and uh she refers to them as arties, and we assume that's artificial humans. Right. And they were used during the war, and after the war they were also sp- supposed to be destroyed. But he kept them on. <laughs> and there was a a uh, court case that allowed them to uh, have sentience, I guess,
1: more or less. Yeah. And to be alive. It's a little weird how they go through it, but yeah. She seemed to be a little uncomfortable with them.
2: Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So she's she's taken part in this. She might have been part of the war as well. We don't know that yet.
3: Yeah, I think that's kind of some of the reaction she had. Yeah. I didn't notice this before, but I think the, the Aries might... Their skin color might change with their surroundings.
2: Yeah, because he looked more pale in the sun, and when they got inside, he was dark.
3: Yeah, almost like a purple yeah. in the background.
2: So then we go through this conversation between the two, and he just wanted to meet her, and he's the mine owner in the town. And he employs half of or most of the people in the town, and it'd be a shame to lose all that, and they want to have a mutually beneficial relationship, and she keeps that in mind, and uh, she's, she excuses herself and has work to do, and of course, Hickory's like, oh, "I'll look forward to the next encounter, ma'am, so we'll see we'll be seeing more of Hickory. I don't know about the artificials, but um, yeah, so in the book, she goes right to work before she goes to her new home. Right, so now we go cut back to her new home, and it's just a big squ- square box looking house in the, the middle lunch. of the desert, and uh, she's talking and says sometimes you have to uh, she's talking to Zeke sometimes you have to what does it say you have to do you don't, you have to do things you don't necessarily want to do in order to make other people happy because Zeke's not happy about being there. He says, why couldn't we pick a different planet?" So uh, they come to this understanding and say, you know, it's okay. And she gets a call from Boo, and uh, evidently there's been a murder. So she leaves Zeke there, tells him not to go anywhere, not to do anything. Stay here until I get back. And uh, she takes off, so Boo's looking out the or or uh, Zeke's looking out the window, and he, she, he hears this girl yelling for Hugo. And we find out that Hugo's her dog, and it's getting dark outside, and she's wanting... Her name's Annie, and she's wanting help to find her dog. And he's like, Well, my mom could probably come help us when she gets back. And she says, That's too late. And uh, he has this flashback of mom telling him, Hey, stay here. Because little Annie asked him to go with her. Right. Which he does. Because. Of course. It's, yeah. <laughs> he's he's a young male. She's a young female. He wants to look like the strong guy. So we see, uh, we cut to, uh, to Boo and, and Clara and they're headed up to the Wells old place and they got an anonymous tip and we see a dead body out in front, one of the squid oompa loompa, wait no, the green, green. guys yes and uh, uh, Boo kicks down the door yelling police because obviously, obviously there's a problem inside so we see a couple more of them dead inside so they just def- they decide to clear the house and they come up on two more dead in the kitchen and they assume that maybe Dad went crazy when Mom got arrested. But no, Dad's dead in the bathtub, too. Like dismembered dead. Yeah. So then we cut back to uh, little Zeke and Annie, and they're looking for Hugo. And uh, Annie says, we got to get home. I'm not supposed to be out here after dark. And uh, Zeke's like, okay. And then he's like, did you hear? And then we cut to a shot behind him, and there's this... I don't know. It looks like kind of like an Artie maybe, but he's wearing a dog skin cap or something, and he's got armor and kind of Native American maybe dress. Maybe he's their Native American. I don't know. But he's got a big-ass rifle too.
4: Yeah.
3: So. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's an Artie as well. So. Yeah, he's wearing some kind of like dog skin hat.
2: <laughs> yeah, dog skin, bear skin, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. So it, he may be tracking them. He may have been just out there. We don't know.
4: Yeah, that's pretty much where they wrap it. So good, good, good story.
2: I like it a lot. Like <laughs> Art's killer. Um, yeah. Jay Fa- Ferber, he's written noble
4: causes. Oh right, right. Yeah. And Dynamo Five, and he
2: also had another detective book. I can't remember what it was. Yeah,
4: both uh, Dynamo Five and. Uh, uh, noble, of, causes. noble causes, yeah, I like both those. Pat Gleason used to do art for Noble Causes for a little while. Yeah, he did a an issue or so. Yeah, Miss Ross, the score for this book.
0: I'd give it a four. I liked it a lot. I was saying earlier, the the partner reminds me a lot of Killawall. Oh yeah, it's cool.
4: He's got a cool look to him. Okay, be Miss Kelsey,
5: I'm gonna give it a four too. I like how the characters are relatable. I like it.
4: Cool.
2: Science fiction, western. I like it. Curtis? I'm a big fan of those two genres, too. I know. You take all the science fiction out of this, you still have a western. That's true. You take the western out of it, you still have science fiction. I'm going to give it a five. All right. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I love big capybaras, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, five. All right. Scott, or the the art's amazing. Yeah, it looks good. It's good. an awesome story. I think it'll yeah. go good, good places. Cool. I um, have a lot of
4: twists, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I no I like, like to set up in there. Like and it was quick-paced for first issue. Right. Yeah. Well, the, it but was, it wasn't forced. No, yeah, it wasn't overbearing. And we got a lot of uh, backstory. Well, yeah, I mean, we meet basically what you would consider to be the evil land baron. We meet the... The trouble un- family. Unwilling sidekick, the troubling, the troubled family, the... Yeah, the, I think...
5: Background on
4: Clara. Yeah, I think that's a perfect first issue, yeah. honestly. It's a pretty good mix. I, I I give it a four also. It was, it was fun. It was a good book. I like the way it looks. I like the style for the uniforms. The colors are so good. The good the in colors, it. yeah. I mean, it's got a it's got a really, I don't know, it's got a real Western feel to it with the colors. It's, it's I don't a, know how to, it's not like pastels, but it's like. It's kind of like um, Flash Gordon. Okay, kind yeah. Kind of the flat color. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. It's the same colors from that book. Oh, is it? Yeah, Geordie no, Beller. Okay, that makes sense then. But yeah, I don't, oh, no, it's not. It's not. I thought
2: it was. Let's see here. Ron Riley. Hmm. So, no, that's a good palette, though.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, the color tones are what you'd expect from like, a Clint Eastwood movie. It's good. It's, you know? Rob? Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it, actually. i would give
3: it a, a solid four. It was a, it was a heck of a read. I really enjoyed enjoy it, so.
1: It's fun. Mm hmm. Ms. Mike? Well, it seemed like a mix of uh, like maybe Firefly, Star Wars, mm-hmm. and uh, a one of those police drama procedural shows. Oh, Pick definitely. one. Yeah, Western police. And yeah. it's uh, Art's not overdone. Right. It's yeah. not over-stylized. It's just right. Pretty cool story, and then uh, Boo's a pretty cool character. Yeah. He's, yeah. I think he's, he, he's going to end up being pretty cool. Uh, I'll give it a four and a half. Cool. Yeah, it was a
4: fun book. I'm interested to see where it goes. Uh, apparently, it's already going back to second print. So. Oh yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah, it's already sold out.
4: Yeah. It's a good book.
5: You know, get it in the comic book shops. That's
4: right. Stop plugging. <laughs> well, This is, this is right. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you're right, you're right. <laughs> so, I
3: know, overall, I guess about four point five. Yeah,
4: around there. Yeah. It's good stuff.
3: I think it's going to turn out really well. I. You know, I. I know it's a similar genre kind of feel, but I I feel a lot of connections to like Six Gun Gorilla with the story too. I see that.
4: Yeah, the color palette matches that too a little bit. Mm -hmm.
5: It Takes a lot to keep me interested in something. Like everybody said, I don't read much, but I liked it.
2: And he even wrote something in the back of the book like, "This has been done before."
3: Mm -hmm. Well, actually, like uh, all of the ads Mm -hmm. that are in the back there, the newspaper stuff. Oh no, I'm sorry. No, that's in the I'm other. I'm confusing one. myself with the
2: other story. Never but no, he wrote that. He's like, This is the fir- this isn't the first time this has been done. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to do my take on it. And he likened it to Firefly and Star Trek. And he even said Gene Roddenberry did uh, market Star Trek as a wagon train in the stars. So that was kind of like a western really? Yeah. I always thought it was a wagon train to the stars, but he said wagon train in the stars, so Huh. That's uh I enjoy it. It's tough. That's why I like Star Trek. Because <laughs> the wagon train? Because it's a western in space. Oh, right. Okay. You know? I mean, they're dri- They're riding a train in that. That's A maglev true. train, but it's still a damn train. Right, so right. it is a lot
1: like Firefly then, really. I've never yeah. seen Firefly oh, you that episode, and I couldn't get into it. I had a hard time it's getting into it. Me. Once you get going, though. Uh, Farscape? I tried it and couldn't mm-hmm. get into it. After the first three
4: episodes, I would get you. I'd say the same thing about Serenity, probably. He's got to get past the song, man. Well, Serenity's a movie, isn't it? I, 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 yeah, well, that's right. Movie. I'm splitting hairs, all right, sir. All right. Firefly. Curses! hairs. Curses. It's <laughs> actually a lot like
5: Damn Firefly. you to hell,
3: sir. Yeah, yeah but if he could, could program Firefly to not play the intro.
4: It's just that song is so... Same with Enterprise. Yeah, it's yeah, not as bad as Enterprise. Enterprise, <laughs> Enterprise, killed. Enterprise killed the entire series. I don't think that the song for the yeah. opening for Firefly killed it. I'm... Pretty sure that that it, Rod Stewart crap killed f- killed Star Trek though. God. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, I uh, want to move on to the uh, Spider Verse. I've I've never wanted to watch a show so much that I
3: changed away from because I got bored with the theme song, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that one almost every time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yes, Edge of Spider Verse. Let's <laughs> <move> on. <laughs> we complain about Star Star Trek too much. Um. With this, uh, they basically do a quick catch-up at the beginning of it for the Batman... Or, oh gosh, yes. I don't even know what I'm talking about, evidently.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Batman and Spider-Verse. Yep.
3: <laughs> Batman was hanging out with the Shadow and they have a love child and it is Bat- <laughs> Spider-Man Noir. Bat-Spider-Man Noir.
2: Turn into the Prowler.
5: <laughs> could be. <laughs> the prowler, the
3: mask. Prowler could be awesome, except for his costume sucks. Anyhow. <laughs> God so spider-man noir we start up with a quick catch-up of kind of who he is and basically like he had these big grand avengers and he shut down you know a bunch of different gangs and he took out a couple of his own villains including norman osborne and you know they, they mentioned al capone they mentioned john dillinger i don't
4: I didn't get to read a lot of the noir stuff, so I don't know if he was involved in that. There's two different volumes, but I I think this is more of a nod just to the time period, so you're supposed to recognize the names because of that.
1: It's possible. 1939.
4: Yes. But basically what what they're kind of getting at is
3: that you know the Prohibition is over. Most of the kind of over-rampant gangster vibe of New York is calmed down. And so here we have spider-man noir and he's like busting in and stopping drugstores from being robbed and they're kind of questioning like oh well you know in this land now do we even need these vigilantes so where where does spider-man fit in now and we find in the audience of this catch-up at the uh, the movie cinemas is mysterio the magician
4: right and More with he, parker and
3: yeah gone. And he kind of uh, he goes from there and he has this whole idea in his mind that, you know, like maybe he could draw Spider Man out and we kinda of see them pacing up his po- his uh, posters. And we see like, you know, people kinda of trying to figure out what they want to spend their money on, like well let's either see the magic show or see a guy with ten thousand monkeys. <laughs> ten thousand monkeys gets my money.
4: That's what Ross would say. It's the truth. And
3: that's what happened in the book too very much mysterious like oh, passed over by monkeys mm-hmm. monkeys hilarious it's not supposed to be but it's funny uh from there we catch up with the peter parker of this time with mary jane and aunt may and they're at the world's fair seeing uh all kinds of people's artwork and different displays and they're kind of deciding what they want to go spend their evening with and you know the the noir characters are a bit different. Like, Aunt May seems about the same, but Mary Jane
4: is evidently like a war veteran. Well, yeah, she. they talk about how she was in the war and how she, when she came back from the war, she wasn't the same. Yeah. And she doesn't, she has a distance between her and Peter that wasn't there before.
5: Hmm.
3: Like Salvador Dali's crazy, uh, I guess, impressionist statues or something. <laughs> yeah. Either way, um, Ultimately, they decide, like, how they're going to spend their evening. Why don't we go check out Mysterio the Magician's show? Magic show! And we kind of see his whole thing where he's uh, doing these escape trips, and we see the version of Mysterio's helmet. And this is almost like a like a Doctor Doom mask, in a way.
4: A little bit, yeah.
3: And we get to hear, you know, Pete talking about how, you know, Spider-Sense have been attacking him for months now and uh you know that he's not sure what what the deal is but evidently being near mysterio here has made him his his senses react and then uh you know at the, the climax of his escape attempt they decide to electrocute this uh water trap that he's supposed to be in and it winds up frying the fish but oh mysterio appears behind this lady and he's completely dry and he's out of the chain and you know, Mary Jane's kind of like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, how the how could he possibly do that? And uh, Pete's kind of just ex- describing how, you know, he probably did the trick. Well, from there we kind of get Mysterio, and he's evidently made some deals with their version of the Kingpin. Yep. And his whole thing is that he kind of knows that Spider-Man has gained his powers from some kind of connection to this Spider God. And he thinks that if he can get some of the blood, he might be able to possibly recreate
0: the...
4: Uh, yeah, I think that's what he wants to try to do. ...was this uh,
3: event. But it'd also be a nice boon to get rid of her. So he and the Kingpin decide to go seek out... Felicia Harding. Is it Felicia, in yeah. this case? Okay, to seek out Felicia Harding, who evidently was tortured horribly uh, in the last volume, probably by the Goblin. I assume, I, I
4: assume the Goblin, yeah.
3: But, um... They think that she can lead them to the uh, to Spider-Man. Spider-Man. And whenever she takes this kind of full face mask off, like whatever has been done to her is so terrible they already know that they couldn't possibly torture, torture her. Torture more? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Mysterio decides to make this whole elaborate um, event where he's going to sacrifice Felicia if Spider-Man doesn't show up to give his blood to the uh, Spider-God.
4: Yeah, basically it's an elaborate death trap. So they yeah. can sacri- make a sacrifice to the spider god.
3: To try to pull out... I mean, he basically wants to lure out Spider-Man. You know, Pete kind of has his moments where he's like... I don't know if he'll really do it. If he'll really kill her in front of all these people. But everybody's kind of so caught up in... That this is some kind of a show that... They're just watching a yeah. crazy magic trick. And so Spider-Man decides he has to get involved. Uh, when he gets down there, he... Uh, he ends up having, like, kind of a smoke bomb thrown at him. But at first he thinks it's just this dry ice effect. And uh, as as the smoke gets to him, it's uh, some kind of, like, almost a hypnotic effect. Yeah. It makes him see Mysterio in places that he's not. Mysterio manages to incapacitate him and draw some of his blood. And then he's like, oh, well, you know, you get this final chance to escape out of this... Uh, it's this water-filled tank with chains around you, so he's kind of added it to the show. So Yeah, like,
4: uh, when, whenever he's trapped in the smoke, he ends up getting knocked out. So when he comes to, that's where he's strapped to the... He's basically inside the tank without it being full, and that's when they draw his blood. He's already tied down to the board or whatever. And then they he decides to fill the trap, and that's how he's going to kill Spider-Man, is fill the trap, and he assumes he'll just suffocate inside the water. Yeah, that's that's where he leaves him at. But yeah, if you had knocked him out in the cloud of weird gas stuff, then he wouldn't even be there, but yeah. Probably not. But yeah, the idea is basically, like, even if
3: Spider-Man has to die, oh, it was just a malfunction in the trick. He was supposed to be an escape artist. Right. So as Spider-Man's coffin is filling up with water here, um, the effects of the gas haven't worn off enough for him to get strength enough to break out. But he manages to kind of make a, uh, a kind of a pocket of air with his webbing, yeah, around his mouth, and so uh, Mysterio, of course, pulls back the uh, the curtain to reveal, you know, what he thinks is going to be a dead Spider-Man in the water, and Spider-Man smashes out of the cage, and uh, he and Mysterio tussle for a little bit, but from out of nowhere, kind of teleporting in, is this guy in a sailor uniform with a kind of crazy dive helmet. And a glowing pitchfork thing, glowing red pitchfork. Yeah, and, and he's uh, basically talking about like collecting and killing Spider-Man. And uh, Noir is basically like realizes they can't face him with uh, all the spider sense tingling, so he pulls his gun on him. And right about as he does that, Superior Spider-Man shows up, it's out of nowhere, and he's got some kind of a uh, disembodied floating head. Which, With yeah, him, which is crazy, kind of telling him, I, th- I think he's using the head to help do time portals, basically. Maybe, and he manages to uh, to grab Noir and teleport away before
4: Pitchfork guys, whoever could kill the
3: Pitchfork him. guys could kill him, and of course Pitchfork guys like looking around for where they could have possibly went to. Mysterio is looking for this vial that they took of uh, Spider Man's blood. And it looks like Felicia winds up actually taking it and stealing it. And, of course, the whole crowd is just like, Oh my God, this is the grossest best magic show ever! And we kind of catch up with Noir and Superior Spider-Man. He's kind of filling him in that this guy's going through different time periods and different realities and he's killing off all the different Spider-Men. And so he decided to call a meeting of the Spider-Man. And so we see in the background, like, a monkey Spider-Man. And the girl Spider-Man and six-arm Spider-Man, and looks like another version of a future Spider-Man. That might be Miles, but can't tell for sure.
4: Yeah, I can't. You can't tell. There's a six-arm Spider-Man too. Mm-hmm.
3: So he basically like brings him to a council of the Spider-Men.
4: There's some crazy town-looking ones in there.
3: Yeah. I think Spider-Man Noir in this case came off really, really well. I like. I liked how it played out.
4: Yeah, he's definitely got a cool... I don't know, he's got a cool feel to him. Like, I like the way his costume looks. I always have. Uh, But, yeah, as far as the setup's concerned, I mean, the dude with the dive tank on his head, the first time we see him is in Superior Spider-Man number 32. So, that's where he shows up. I can't remember what his name is. But, yeah, that's basically where they introduce him and we see the stuff he's filling in noir about with the whole killing Spider-Man as he goes through universes. It's it's pretty trippy, man. And I, I guess each of these five parts are going to be about certain different Spider-Men and then we have another batch of mini-series after that. yeah, uh, Miss Kelsey, you have a score for this book? I didn't read it. Okay. Curtis? Two and a half?
2: Maybe three. I'll give it a three.
4: Okay. Did you ever read Spider-Man Noir before? No. had two mini-series and I, I honestly didn't read the second one at all. The first one I already read half of. Mm-hmm. I liked it, but it, that, all that noir stuff, like, I th- of it, it was the better. Right. And I, I like the noir stuff, because I li- clearly like the shadow. Right.
2: And all that other uh, dynamite stuff, so I'll give it a three.
4: Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I give it a three also. It's uh, If you don't have any clue what's going on whatsoever, <laughs> the little catch-up kind of helps at the beginning. But if you're not following, if you, if you didn't see the Superior Spider-Man issue... When all of a sudden he shows up at the end, I can see you being lost. But as far as story is concerned, it prerequisites itself being the follow-up to that. And There's at least a checklist in the back that gives you this month's books, so you know you're supposed to have read something before this one. But yeah, it, it looks cool. I like how they connect it to the like the old, the 30s. I, I don't know, I like this, so three and a half. Rob? Uh, i do three as well. I didn't really read the uh,
3: Spider-Man Noir stuff before, so yeah, the catch-up was really good for me. What I do know is that this Spider-Man uses guns, and he does it quite a bit. And I like the, I like the feel of how they pulled his story through. So I'm really interested to see where they go with it. It's cool chance to check out Spider-Man Noir.
1: So, well, Mr. Mike? I'll give it a three and a half. Pretty cool little story. Um, the The extra half comes from uh, kingpin as a as a late thirties gangster pretty cool <laughs> um, it, yeah, it's yeah it 's cool and then the way they tie it in at the end with the from the end of the superior issue it yeah it's it 's gonna you know, interesting to see how this is all gonna play out
3: one of the things that i i've always loved about all these comics you know is that you know you can get done reading it and you can you have all these like Crazy ideas and your heads a buzz with it. Does anybody else think that Felicia might inject Spider-Man's blood into herself? Yeah, yeah. Okay. that's what
2: it looks
3: like. I don't know. I know she takes off with it, so she doesn't want Mysterio to have it. But I wonder if that can regenerate her. I don't know. That, they, I don't know. That's yeah. That's because a... I mean, the next tease is uh, for the Ultimates, where Gwen does have
4: spider powers right but this is of course i guess felicia instead so yeah it's that'll be be interesting to see what that winds up being if it ever comes back to that or not uh ross
0: i'd give it a three and a half too my extra half comes from the spider monkey
4: (laughs) (laughs) i'm telling you monkey times that does
2: sound really cool though
3: i think that once we get everything said and done we might even have peter porker and oh,
4: Miles Morales. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that's already been said. That yeah, they are going to have. Why? <laughs>
3: Why? Somebody's got it. Extra points for every spider Spider-Man
1: man that's ever been done is going to be in it. Yeah.
3: So, another cool thing for that is we might get to see both versions of the armored Spider, and maybe even the uh, the Spider armor that he made uh, during World's End. So that was a cool suit.
4: I would love to see that one again. Crazy, crazy nonsense. All right, uh, so move on to Green Arrow, Futures in number one. Dun, dun, dun.
3: Cool thing for this is that it's set just before issue one. And, um, of course, we jump ahead five years into the future in this story as well. And so we have here is uh, Imako Quinn, who is the new Green Arrow. And then Naomi... Who is uh, Dart. Now, if you're reading the current Green Arrow series, Naomi is one of the uh, people that runs the support for, uh,
4: yeah, for Green she, Arrow. Yeah, she, w- she works in the Queen Consolidated for the company.
3: And they're fighting the whole gang of people that are like the followers of Vertigo. Vertigo. They all got his stupid face tattoo, but they also have the Vertigo chips,
4: I guess, implanted in them. Yeah, they're like dumbed-down versions of them. So they're not as strong as Vertigo was. But yeah, it's like a legion of vertigo soldiers.
3: Um, and they kind of make short work of, of them. But as they're heading back to the uh, Arrow Cave, they find that it's kind of like it's the hatch is already opened and there's blood all over the place. And so they kind of drop in, watching for danger, and they find that Ollie's already inside. And so we have the, the real... Green Arrow in there, and I, I kind of like that it's the real Green Arrow, Enough Said, is the dialogue box. Right. When you see, he's he's all bloodied up, so the blood's his. Mm. That's very Marvel of them. It is, actually, yeah. What we'll basically find out is that Ollie's been M.I.A. for a while now, and he's been running around doing all sorts of different things, but he's basically telling his new Green Arrow and Naomi not to follow him, and that he's... He's come across some kind of an artifact, and he needs to uh, he needs to make sure that if he doesn't come back, that it gets to Lois Lane. And he kind of makes it very clear that he doesn't want them to follow him for wherever he's going.
4: Yeah, he goes uh, to a great length to, to tell them not to follow him.
3: Uh, from there, he winds up at uh, one of the cathedrals in, um, oh gosh, was it Seattle? Yeah. Yeah. Um and somebody fires an arrow at him of course and we wind up finding out it's Shadow. And uh in between here and there, Shadow has now gone off. And is uh has joined with
4: the others. Yeah, the the group of uh the group of weapon specialists, the that try to recruit Oliver. Yeah, apparently now she seems to be running them, I think. Or maybe she's second in command. But either way, she's joined that group. She's definitely a part of it, and of course, you know, she kind of faces off against Ollie for a
3: minute, and we see Imiko show up in the background and like shoot the arrow, shoot the bow out of her hand. And we find out that there's some kind of rift happened between the two of them back on the island, and so Shadow's gone her own way and really has become a part of the Outsiders, where Imiko, you know, followed her own path and like now is Green Arrow. Right. Well. Whatever Oli has planned, he's basically making a deal with the outsiders to get him on to Cadmus Island. And in exchange, he'll finally join the outsiders. But right. he wants Imiko to be left alone. And we see that most of the outsiders have kind of some of them have, have retooled. We still have Magi, we still have Katana, we still have the Butcher, and it looks like we still have the Berserker for the Shield Clan, but uh, the Fist and the Spear have two different new heads. And uh, they both seem to be still interested in having Green Arrow as a part of it, even though he wound up breaking the Sacred Item,
4: so. Well, yeah, he, he pretty well has stood in their way multiple times. But yeah, he, he explains to him why, 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 why he wants to get the Cadmus Island. And it turns out there's a whole bunch of uh, Earth-2 superpowers that have been captured there. And they're being experimented on. Cut up, taken apart. Pretty well just done crazy science to him. And so far
3: they've been able to hide that behind whatever happened with the whole Earth-2 war. war. Yeah. So he wants to bring it out to the light. He wants to show people what's going on and save as many of them as he can. But to do that, he's going to need the heat taken off of them. And so he wants Magi to uh, help him cover. So like, he wants everybody else to come with him to Cadmus Island, but he wants Magi to pull a different, a different mission.
4: Right, separate from the group.
3: And so we see from there, he um, always starts showing up on all these interviews and talk shows. And evidently at some point he's revealed himself as Green Arrow. But he's continued his work in QCore to make all kinds of uh, like free clinics and all sorts of healthcare stuff. So he's been putting all of his finances to helping the world. And now his next big thing is he wants to give technology away. Right. Because he feels like um, Mike Hollis, uh, Mr. Terrific, is kind of lording his technology over the rest of the world. And so he thinks that it should be something that's for free. And as we're seeing these broadcasts, we see Ollie kind of back at probably the Arrow Cave. And he's kind of bumming around, and he has some kind of object. It's not the same one that he asked them to deliver to Lois Lane, but it looks similar. And kind of the wall explodes, and we have Deathstroke barge in. And we up finding out that Deathstroke's been paid to kill Ollie. And so Deathstroke and Green Arrow, of course, fight for a little while. And in the end, Deathstroke winds up stabbing him and pulling him around and actually winds up snapping his neck and leaves him presumably dead. And uh, just after that point, we catch up and, hey, wait a minute. Green Arrow's on the island. He's hanging out with all the different guys from the others. And they're using the island that he was lost on as like a staging point to attack Cadmus Island. What we find out pretty quickly is that uh, Magi, Magi was the one who was posing as ollie, so he allowed himself to look like
4: he had died so that the green arrow won't won't be, be expected yeah, was well, people were still watching for him. We yeah, had his whole deal is he he's able to shape shift and apparently he's an immortal, yep. so he's done this whole death thing once or twice before, yeah he
3: has some kind of crazy magic that's been a part of him for a minute now in the regular Green Arrow story. But, I mean, that was actually one of the biggest things that kicked off The Future's End was the death of Green Arrow. Right. So, it's crazy to find out that that was
4: totally a fake to begin with. Right. Pretty yeah, pretty wild. <laughs> I was pretty interested in it, actually. I, I give it a three. Like, it was... It, it, it's got an interesting story to it. And I, I've always liked Green Arrow, and I had a hard time with the series at the very beginning. And now, they've changed writers a couple times, and... I've come kind of, kind of come around to where I'm a little more okay with it. I like that he's got the beard in this; um, it's a major thing because I, I like that a lot. And the story with him and Shadow and the daughter and I don't know. It, it was I, I like it. It's got that intrigue thing, and then finding out that the whole death is a fake is kind of a, kind of a big thing. And this idea that Cadmus is basically butchering like superpowers to create whatever they're building—it's crazy. So I don't know. It seems like that'll be a big part of this whole war thing that happens. Anyway, uh, yeah, I give it. So I give it a three. And I, I well, might
3: be wrong. So hopefully, hopefully I'm not. But yeah, when I think it was Lee Myer's took over it, like eighteen. The Myers, Yeah. Yeah, it changed the whole culture of the book. All of the stuff with the others has been strange but really fascinating, and I think it's it's really developed out to something pretty unique. Um. I enjoy this one a lot. I love that it ties into the beginning of the um, future's end. And uh, I I like how it plays out. I'm going to be real interested to see where it goes. However, I'd be uh, remiss to not say that they almost called it in the uh, robot chicken special where Green Arrow dies at the beginning of it and then he attends his own funeral. (laughs) And he's like, oh yeah, I had the magic rebirth rock. (laughs)
4: Okay, <laughs> that's uh, right. That's, yeah. yeah, that's true. I agree there. <laughs> it's <laughs>
3: kind of funny, I guess. It's that's yeah.
0: actually what the uh, the dead king reminding me of and <laughs> right. Aquaman.
3: Yeah, but he has the magic regeneration shield. Yep. Can you imagine how awesome it would be to have a life shield just with Aquaman all the time? Mm-hmm. He could be like the mega superhero. Yeah, that'd be cool. I have a feeling that the shield. Is going to be destroyed by the end of this, but yeah, I, I'd like to see, just on a side topic, that that shield is not, not the real deal. So, but I, I give it, a, I give it a three five. No, nah, you know what? Let's go four. I I really enjoyed it. This feels like it's just picking up right on the regular series from where I'm at. So,
1: cool, Mr. Mike. Um, I'll give it a three for uh, Sorrentino's art. It's very unique. I kind of like it, but I haven't been following the regular series. But the story itself, it's okay. Um, I wasn't overly uh, uh, excited by it. It was alright, though. I'll give it a three. Mr. Ross?
0: I'd give it a three, too. I I actually heard a three also. Right. I thought it was. uh, (laughs) (laughs) I thought the characters and stuff made a lot more sense in this one. I was very confused, but I haven't been reading Green Arrow for a long time. I'd say definitely, yeah, it's probably a three.
4: Cool. Kelsey?
5: I have not read
4: it. <laughs> okay. Gert? I don't like Green
2: Arrow. I'll give it a three, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. Is this because
4: of the color? No,
2: I just I've never liked Archers.
4: Oh, I right. just like Hawkeye. I hate we, we, Hawkeye. We, we go back to the Jimmy. Hate Green thing. Arrow.
2: I like Green Arrow previously a little better. If this was Ollie mm-hmm. Green Arrow from the old Fifty Two or the old DC, I would have given it a four.
1: The asshole-ish one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
2: he was. Cool. Yeah, with still the is. with the, the beard. That's yeah. the reason he I liked him. This issue and the awesome hat. I'm gonna give him three. Eat it. He's okay. he's getting closer. Yeah. So, but we got 5 years to wait. So. <laughs> yes. Well, no, I mean,
3: just even in the regular stories, he's getting closer to to regular Ollie, but we'll see. DC is pretty dogmatic about him not not being the Ollie that we want well, him to be.
1: Now he's got to be like the TV show, so. Yeah. Cuz that's who's the the dude that's writing the TV version comic. The digital is going to take over on the Green Arrow book. Just the regular Green Arrow book.
3: Yeah, we'll have to see how that's going to affect it. Because they did throw Diggle in and honestly, like, he didn't feel like he was forced. He actually fit really well in that story. Andy Diggle? Uh, Yeah, the, from the TV. No, well, not not Andy, Andy Diggle. Diggle. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh,
4: Diggle from the TV series. i okay. sorry. John Diggle.
3: John Diggle, yes. Okay. From the Green Arrow TV show. They they could also put Andy Diggle in there. Though. It'll be awesome. No. Hey, what did Andy Diggle do? You write him a story? Yes. Sure. He, he did write... Green Arrow for a minute. Okay, okay. But no, the the TV show character John Diggle. Sorry, I Andy Diggle sounded right, so I just agreed. <laughs> <It's> not right. <laughs> but like they they snuck him in, and actually it it was a really good it was a really good take. Like it was a really good part of the story. So I don't know. I I don't think it's going to derail what they're doing very badly. But there's a lot of changes in. The whole Green Arrow world, so. Right. And it's definitely not following the TV show, so.
4: It's good stuff. Alright, let's move on to Wild's End. Wild's End. Number one!
2: <laughs> written by Mr. Dan Abnett. Uh, famous for making Guardians of the Galaxy relevant. Re- relevant? Relevant. Relevant. And drawn and lettered by I.N.J. Colbert. Now, I and Jay and Dan are writing, are the team on Dark Ages as well. So they're doing two books right now.
4: Dark Ages for Dark Horse
2: Comics. Yes. So we open up High Top Wood, and uh, for those that aren't aware of this book, it's been kind of solicited as a, uh, uh, what's that, damn Will- War of the Worlds. Wind in the Willows and a War of the Worlds type mashup. Right. <laughs> so this is kind of a end of Victorian era into the Industrial Age. That's how we would look at it. Okay, I can see that. Um, So we meet this uh, fox named Fox, (laughs) F-A-W-K-E-S. Right. And he's walking with his his little chum, Bodie, and they're sipping wine. And uh, they have a good go-between the two of them. And they see this, what uh, Bodie thinks is a shooting star. Bodie says, make a wish. Fox is like, "Uh, that's not a shooting star, that's a falling star. And we see it crash. And uh, they go to investigate why it crashed because that was Fox's wish. Right. So then we go into Lower Cow Church or Crow Church, and uh, we meet up with a gentleman. We learn is uh, Mr. Clive Slipaway, and he's like a Great Dane looking type dog.
4: Yeah, I'm not really sure what he's supposed to be. And he's yeah. met
2: he's met by a rabbit with a giant head, <laughs> Mr. Errant, and his fr- his his uh, friend Minx. And they sh- they come up to uh, Mr. Slipaway to invite him to join the committee that puts on the FET, which F E T E—that's a festival.
4: Yeah, I assume it's like a fair.
2: I didn't know that until I looked it up. Right. There's a lot of words in here I'm not certain about. <laughs> well, it's, it's very, very English. In- very English.
4: Yeah. Very English.
2: Does. So they go about their way and uh, um, they exp- they they kind of explain what they're doing and want to bring him into the community. Because he's new, he just right. moved into this house he's painting his house blue, um, which as a backdrop, that seems like to be the only bright color it's very muted, yeah, that's and that true. seems to be like the only bright color in town right now, so he's he's kind of a standout, so uh they invite him, and he's not sure certain he wants to go. They start walking away, and we learn that uh Mr. Slipaway is actually a old navy uh that's veteran. And uh, the rabbit, Mr. Arndt, is like, I would like to to know him better. I'd like to wrinkle this out. So he's trying to gain benefit from this in some way. Mr. Mink works for the paper. So these guys may not be the best people.
4: But yeah, they they say in there how the rabbit, he likes secrets, and he assumes it. Uh, he's full of them. he He'd be full of them, like yeah. That.
2: And he wants to learn more. So we go into uh, the king's arm. And this is like a pub, I presume, and uh, we see this whole meeting about the FET. So, uh, the rabbit is appointed as the the chairman or whatever. chairman or whatever of the FET, and he's appointing these other delegates to do things for him. And uh, we see two young pigs, and they're the Swagger Brothers, I'm I'm guessing. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> and they're talking about mom's pies and uh, being the judge of that. And so we go on to. Uh, meet Mr. Um, Squire Umbleton who's kind of the agricultural guy and he's got a new agriculture engine and the way I'm saying is it's we're on the the end of uh, the Victorian to the new industrial right. is because they just got combustion engines and that's what they're covering here and uh, they're, they're saying yeah we're going to bring new life and it's going to be more modern and, and we're going to have all this upkeep and in walks Mr. Slipaway and uh... They don't know what he's going to do, but they would like to get him involved. So uh, they try to appoint him Stutch as well. And uh, there's really nothing that can appoint him, but the pigs are like, can you do a thing on knots because of your Navy background? And, and can you do a thing on, I don't know what an orange pipe is. Yeah, I don't know either. I have no idea, but I'm guessing it's Navy related. Maybe. Mr. Slipaway says, that's kind of not my thing. I can't do a demonstration on that. Right. So uh, I believe they decide that he's going to set up bells of hay and put tin out for target practice? They talk about how they have it. They do pellet have target, guns? They,
4: do, they have some pellet guns that they set up and they use as as, a, as target practice mm-hmm. as an event of some type. And I'm guessing
2: he was appointed to set
4: this up. Well, they, they talk about how they set it up regardless. Mm-hmm. They needed somebody to manage it and mm-hmm. because of his Navy experience they assumed he'd be good at that. So, so
2: he, he begrudgingly accepts yeah, that. Yeah,
4: he agrees even though... It, yeah. uh, as we're
2: looking at this we see fox return fox has blue something on his feet and blue on his hands and he's out of his mind because he was drinking before he showed up right which may add to the hysteria but we don't know that you'd yeah you'd assume so so they're all certain that he's full of crap and he's telling them hey Bodie's dead this thing vaporized him And they don't know what to think of this. And they're thinking, he's very much
1: alive, sir. I kind of got the impression that he's like the town drunk. Exactly. Yeah, that's what he is. And
2: they're used to his shenanigans. Being crazy. So then Mr. Uh, Slipaway steps up to him and just says, that's enough. We need to quiet down. In a very calm, even voice, he says, you're alarming everybody. Mr. Fox doesn't know this guy. Right. So he takes a swing on Mr. Slipaway. Mr. Slipaway dodges and then gets uh, Fox in a arm bar behind his back or an arm lock right and he escorts him he, he begins to escort him outside still he's still trying to calm him down but he doesn't know him from anybody right and he won't listen so uh nobody believes him so he stomps away yeah he basically wants to running off so then we see uh mr Slipaway, mr Erns and the mr Meeks <laughs> and they're talking about uh, what happened with Fox, and Mr. Slipaway believes, hey, he seemed genuine. He seemed like he was right. Because he's seen his fair share of fear in people's eyes, and that is what he felt at that point. He decides to go look for him. Mr. Slipaway does. Right. He decides to go look for him. The other two begrudgingly come along for the ride, I guess you could say.
4: Yeah, they think it's just going to be a bit of fun while they go try to find the, the fox. The drunk fox. And I assume the rabbit came mostly because he wants to pump him for questions, for secrets.
2: And then the other one wants to go because he's worked for the paper. Right. And this will be a good story. So then we flash to Miss Swagger's cottage, and that's short mile in, so it's a bit a ways from him. And uh, we see Miss Swagger in the kitchen. She's baking something, it appears. And we see this little uh, robot with five or six arms clink, clink, clinking on the window. It's a little one with, like, a dome head. A little light dome head. She Alf, is that you? And Alf was her son, of course. And uh, she's, she keeps talking. I didn't think you were going to be for supper tonight. And then this little robot walks in on the ground. Uh, clink, clink, clink. And it's bothering her. The sound is bothering her. And uh, she's like, what are you supposed to be? And she says, get out of here, you, you nasty. Get, get, because you're annoying. And it doesn't go, and it kind of... Flashes a uh, uh, fire at her Yeah, and kind of turns her into roast bacon. Well, she's a pig lady,
4: so that, yeah.
2: And off in the distance, we see Mr. Slipaway, Aaron, and Mr. Minx, and they can see a fire in the distance, and they don't know what it is. So they go to um, uh, discover what this fire is.
4: Yeah, they see the fire and they can smell it, so they decide instead of searching for fox, now they're going to go to the fire. Yeah.
2: And that's where we end off right there, them going through the fire. They're all animal people. They are all anthropomorphic. We got rabbits, we got minks, we got foxes, we got dogs. Pigs. We got a wolverine in there, I believe. Uh, well, at least a, at least a badger. Okay. Right.
3: I, I got a different impression, I guess, of the, the rabbit than you guys, because I, I kind of got more of, like, he's a very, like, Oh, I'm upstanding Englishman, and he's not really the mayor. But if
2: there was a mayor, it'd uh-huh. probably be the rabbit but guy. He did state there were wrinkles that he wanted to iron out. Yeah. So he may be trying to get him to fit in, mm-hmm. and just this is how life is going to be here. Or he may be trying to find out what's in those wrinkles.
3: It's possible. Yeah, because I, I kind of got the impression when they were talking to him about like, well, what could you do? And you know, the pig guys are like, oh, you could make knots because you were in the navy. That he was kind of be... like, no, 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 don't, don't talk about that. That would be so annoying. And then you know, oh, you could do this, and you could dance because you were in the navy. And he's like, oh, no, no, no,
4: stop, stop, stop doing that. You know, got like... porn pipe right now. <laughs> yeah, the, I think I think the rabbit's more. I think he wants to run things, but he, I wouldn't say that he's entirely like. I don't know. He just I don't seems, think everybody's he, he seems. mischievous, him. you know. Like that, he just comes across kind of. Uh, see I, I got. The, yeah, mischievous. I guess I, I
3: got the other side of it. I got the side that he was more like he was just bored, but either way.
2: Which is possible, yes. So it is a dance. A hornpipe is a dance.
4: It's yeah. And it's also an instrument. I, yeah, it's weird. It's How did drink. you know this? You don't Why know Why didn't you that. say anything? Where Where were you at? Damn, man. The room. He was consulting the internet. Don't, the, you don't think he had phone with him? No, he's Not a musical the, genius. Yeah, no, that's true. That's Rob, true. scorebook, go. Um
3: really enjoyed it I'd, I'd give it a i'd give it a three it's it's given us something to mull over because we talked a little bit about it before with the blue paint and whether yeah. that's you know whether the fox is just seeing things and maybe he broke into this guy's house and it's all a sham or if it's real and of course with the little robot bursting the pig lady into flame we're to say that it's real it, huh? it was
2: very much in doubt at that point but yeah. then at the end when we see miss swagger get turned into bacon yeah. Yeah. It's it's very real. But
3: we definitely he, he definitely was around that guy's house or he was rolling in ash. I'm guessing it's ash. And it's kind of hard to say. I'm yeah. guessing it's ash. But I get, I give it a 3. Makes you
1: makes you wonder. So Miss Mike <sighs> It's kind of <laughs> like a a cross between. It's like a very proper English Mayberry, RFD kind of thing, <laughs> Winnie the Pooh, and War of the Worlds, sort of. If you can wrap your mind around that, yeah, you can. It kind of reminded me a little bit of that Beast of Burden, a little yeah, bit, a
2: little bit. The way very it's loose.
1: very simplistic, yeah, um, but For, a very serious, very
2: simplistic, but a lot of words.
1: Yeah, a very and uh, very uh, <laughs> serious uh, undertones. Yeah. Right, I'll give it a three, Mr. Oz.
0: Give it a three as well. I liked the War of the Worlds kind of feel Mm -hmm. to it a lot. It's one of my favorite books, so
1: cool. And this is the first time I've ever seen in a comic book a drunken fox. Exactly. (laughs) What the fox? Cheers.
4: Uh, (laughs) Kelsey?
5: I'm going to give it a 3.5. All right. Because who doesn't like English and bacon? And animals.
4: (laughs) English and or the oren pipe. That's, that's, the, that's the death of the pig lady, though. It's the oren pipe. But I, I'm sure she tastes I delicious. I reading
5: it out loud with that English accent my husband does. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, hey, yes. I'm going to give it a, um, I'll go 3.5. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it does I, add something to the story. Write it, write I, I, nice. I enjoyed it. All right. <laughs> Very proper. When
1: you watch that Misfit show, you can pick up on all those different accents pretty quick. Oi. <laughs> Irish, Scottish, English.
4: Uh, man. And,
2: uh, like, Copperhead was a perfect first issue for me. Right. That was good. This is good. And it, it leads you to wonder more stuff. Yeah. It's just not as action packed, and then there's more story. Hi. But, uh,.
3: I think for this one, you almost got to be a little more committed. Like, if I just read this and I didn't know that it had a World of Worlds theme, I mm-hmm. don't know if I'd come back to it. Oh, yeah. But knowing that it has that theme already, like, I'm more interested in staying. But, like, Copperhead,
2: you read you that. You don't need you, nothing.
3: Yeah, you're just ready to go.
2: Right.
1: I can dig that. Yeah, I agree with that. I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah, Copperhead's uh interesting. It, it was it was good. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, for
4: Worlds End, Yeah, you know, I'll I'll give it a 3 also. Like it was a little slow paced, but it's because they're setting up the way the character's act and we're going from like simple definement to being characteristic definement. So, uh, it, the over, it, overall I'll give it a 3. Like it, it was fun. I think uh, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of it plays out and find out more about uh Mr. Somber and like what's going on with these crazy alien things. And why exactly they are just melting everybody? Apparently, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It was interesting. It was, it was an interesting story. <laughs> I I wouldn't say it's a four part. Is that right? I believe so, sir. Uh, yeah, I think so. I believe so. So yeah, I don't know. I, I'm sure things will pick up in the next issue.
1: Car. Is, that, is that Copperhead? Is that a mini or is that an ongoing? Uh, at ongoing so ongoing, far. This
4: ongoing. Yes.
1: And I'm guessing it's going to go to an
2: on, uh, keep it on going because of the sales right
4: now. I would assume so. I mean, yeah, at this point it's pretty popular, but it just came out oh, two days ago. So Flash
2: Gordon's ending at number eight. I don't know why. That's
4: I'm, well, space. That mentors. sucks. I, you know, I I have to say it's it, it's been good. It's been damn good. Uh, but I, it's I want to say it it's just doesn't have that backing. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. I don't know, man. It's something to do with uh, it's just straight space adventure. Maybe it doesn't have that extra piece people need anymore. What, I don't know, it's been piece? good. I well, well so like, think is that about everything is that combined thing now, man. Still going?
2: Yeah. Starlight's still slow.
4: going, it's just really slow coming out. Which is almost a Flash Gordon story too. And that's and Miller, so it's gonna sell. Well, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I don't I don't that's know they, Maybe yeah, they're gonna end it Gordon. and they'll do another mm-hmm. do a follow up like they I mean they've done two or three Flash Gordon series through Dynamite, so they might just in this one move on to another one because they haven't done that, man. Yeah, man. Think about what was the uh, what's the what's one called before with the three three guys? Oh, oh that was Z- Zitgeist. Well, there's the Zieggeist, Wa- King's, Kings Watch, Kings Watch, and they there are stories that follow right from one to the other. That. Yeah, but Kings so, Watch
2: was a preface to Flash Gordon as
4: well. Yeah,
5: so,
2: yeah. So, but Zitgeist was its own thing. Zitgeist was separate, and it was terrible. Yeah
3: had a great title. It, it did have a great title. And it was of, a good premise. A lot of propaganda was, covers. They were
2: great. Just terrible. I like the look of it. But it yeah. yeah, right. it look cool. Let's keep us back on track.
4: Okay, so, I think we have an interview. <laughs> interview? Who is it? Uh,
1: Johnny Mnemonic? Uh, no. Frank mm-hmm. Stallone?
2: would be awesome. Uh, no. Joy Ramon? Also.
1: No. Danny Glover? <laughs> no. <laughs> we're just, no. Man, oh, yeah, her. that would be that'd be cool if yeah. it was still. I'm
3: getting too
4: old. <laughs> yeah, right, no, just, exactly. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Ernie Hudson? No, that'd be cool too, though. I did get to talk to Ernie a little bit, I know. but uh, his PR people were not not okay with him.
1: Ernie you on the first name basis because you got to talk to him for a you minute. No,
4: man, I, he sends me stuff on Facebook now. Ernie, Ernie was
3: really, really cool. Is it
4: dick pics? So. Yeah. <laughs> no, man. We're cool, not crude. Oh, my bad. It's the two different things, it's, man.
0: Supposedly, my cousin went to a party with him when he right? went to Comic-Con a couple of years ago. So Neither of them
4: remember it. Wow. That makes for a, <laughs> that makes for a, a good, good story, What happens at Comic-Con? <laughs> Evidently you can't remember it So <laughs> so, uh, so, who's this interview going to uh, be? Let's see So, I think we're Chad Harden is who we're on to I want to say Chad The current artist for Harley Quinn um, yeah, Granted he didn't do issue 8 and 9 uh, But he's going to be back on it with the next I want to say 11 uh, Cool guy uh, He also prior to that did uh, Demon Knights it was a pretty. It was a really fun guy to talk to. I actually got to talked to him in Utah again too. He was at the Salt Lake Con, and he's still. He still. He said he was still going to go to the uh, the show that's going to be in Colorado Springs in or in October. So or no, I there's a Colorado Springs show this month, so September. I don't know the date. I didn't know they had a show in Colorado Springs. I, you know, I guess apparently, yeah. It's not a con. It's not a Comic Con. It's more of a. It's yeah. I don't know what they're calling it. Anyway, yeah, so if you live in that area, sep- September, look for Chad out there. He'll be doing things. So let's uh, so roll that interview from Comic-Con. Roll that beautiful bean footage. That's in. what I like to hear.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hi,
6: this is Steve at Top 5 Comics Podcast, and... Chad Harden with uh, DC Comics, Harley Quinn. How you doing today, Chad? I'm doing fantastic. Awesome. Loving your Harley Quinn run, man. I am. I am having the time of my life working with Jimmy and Amanda. And uh, just getting to see all that crazy antics that Harley gets to go through every month. It's a lot of excitement. A lot of good laughs and a little bit of action every now and then this is
5: definitely a fan favorite at this point oh, oh yeah blowing up man reprint after reprint it's awesome
6: yes it is awesome it's been a crazy ride from day one and uh we're really really appreciate all the fans on the book you thank, you for, you. Um, thank you for buying um thank you for supporting the book and making it the success uh, it is um you know we we always aim to please but the, the fan response has really been overwhelming and uh it's just great to see people respond to something that you're working on.
5: So, uh, out of curiosity, like, where did you? When did? What got you? What made you decide this is what I want to do as a job? Was
6: there like a moment where you're like, "This is what I want to do"? <laughs> yeah, I grew up digging uh, the the family business. I grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada, and the family business. Uh, you know, we we were excavators, which is a, a fancy word for ditch diggers, and uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, by about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, it was probably 120 degrees. And, uh, you know, so I'd be sweating in the, you know, sweating my my face off <laughs> in a ditch. And uh, comics were always my escape. I would take that money that I would earn digging these holes and uh, go straight into a comic book store and, you know, just walk out with a giant stack. And uh, I always loved to draw. Drawing's been, like, the only thing I've ever been good at. Uh, you know, can't write, can't spell, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm exaggerating, obviously I can write, but, but, you know, uh, it's really been the only thing I've ever been good at, and I just stuck with it, and, uh, I knew from an early age that I, I really wanted to, to draw comics, and it was just one of those things where, uh, you know, I broke really late, I didn't get into the industry till I was 30 and uh... you know most of these guys they get in and they're they're just teenagers right. uh... but i was uh... i was still digging ditches when i was a teenager so um, but it was just one of those things where i just stuck with it didn't give up and and uh... got in and now i'm in, enjoying all the benefits of uh... You know, not giving up So if you're if you're an older guy and uh, you want to draw comics you know i know it's a young man's game but if you want to get in there, you can get in there still. So just uh, keep drawing.
5: Yeah, like you when I mean, you were doing uh, Demon Nights, man. Yes, that was that was awesome. The run was awesome. I don't, I I wish it would have kept going. Yeah, just because it was it was so good and like where it fit in the universe was really pretty fun, like, yeah. Etrigan doesn't get a lot, he's never really got a whole lot of face time, even back in the in the 80s,
6: yeah. with his run,
5: like, that Demon Knights run was great, dude. Yeah. Run, it was
6: awesome. Um, and it was, it was great, um, when, when I got the call from Joey Cavallari at DC to come and do Demon Knights, uh, I'd been away from DC for two years, uh, doing Dragon Age, and then doing The Traveler with Stanley and Mark Wade, and, um... Joey Cavallari was uh, the first editor at DC to ever give me an assignment, and so he really brought me back uh, aboard the DCU, you know, with that book, and uh, it, you know, and so if it wasn't for Demon Knights there wouldn't have been me on on a uh, on Shadow Thief, there wouldn't be me on Supergirl, there not and there wouldn't be me on Harley Quinn. So. Um, uh, it was it was a lot of fun to work with those characters. Um, uh, Dragon Age sort of sort of prepped me for the, the fantasy scene, right? Um, but at the same time, it was really interesting to see the, how the DC universe looked, uh, you know, a couple thousand years ago. That was pretty fun to pretty fun to play with as well.
5: I think that's part of what people like about it. I, as far as like holding an audience, I guess at some point, whatever number was, but. As far as books were concerned, like it was fun. I liked it a lot. It was it was good. Like I had at least 8 or 9 guys in the store reading it. So
6: Yeah, and you know, you, it, it's really weird. I mean, there's it, it's hard to tell, you know, what's going to be a success and what's not. Right. Um and for whatever reason, um it was. It was a great book. It was well written. Uh um you know, the writer went on to do to do Green Lantern. Um, so, I mean, it was you know, it, it had everything it needed to be accessed, but for whatever reason, um, you know, people just didn't respond to it uh, the, the way they do, you know, other books. Um,
5: I don't know, maybe just because it was so by itself, maybe. I, mean, I don't know if that's even a problem either. Like, I don't know. For whatever reason, it just, it just didn't hold, and I don't know why, because we all liked it, all of us down there did. Yeah.
6: You know, um, American comics tend to revolve around superheroes, and I, I don't know why that is, uh, you know, hopefully, with the new generation of readers, um, a lot of these kids are growing up on manga, and then they're just, dis- and then they're discovering American comics. So maybe we'll get away from that superhero, you know, death block, or whatever you want to call it, where it has to be a super book to make to make it big. And and I think there's signs of that. Walking Dead is not a superhero comic. Um, Saga really isn't a superhero comic. You know. So we're starting to get away from it having to be a superhero book to do well. And so who knows? Maybe in another 20 years, you know, someone else take a stab at it or another 10. Right. You know, um, I did Warlord as well. You know, Warlord in the 70s, you know, was a runaway hit, you know. And for whatever reason, uh, when they rebooted it, it went for, what, 15, 17 issues? 17. Right. So uh, you know, one of these days, people will come back and remember these titles, remember how the good they were, and give it another shot. And hopefully, the audiences respond to that. So,
5: is there is there anything else? Is there? Have you ever wanted to do your own book? Oh yeah, oh,
6: okay. yeah. But after after Harley. Well, no, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. No reason what I. Ever I'm gonna make that. make hay where the sun shines, yeah, so to speak. Yeah, <laughs> as far
5: as that train, as as, I, mean, I don't think any of want the train to stop. Right, right. Because it's been just such a fun ride. Right, right. It's just so chaotic and just crazy. Yeah. And, it's all, and Jimmy and Amanda are both awesome people. So, yeah,
6: absolutely. Yeah. It's hey, a dream to work that, with them. Absolutely.
5: Yeah, we wouldn't yeah. want it to end. Um, okay, if you were stranded on a desert island, what five items would you take with you? Five items.
6: Uh, my wife. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> answer. <laughs> Uh, geez, five items.
5: My okay, well,
6: maybe I should say family instead of wife. Um, of course. Well, why would you want to strand your family with me? I want my family to to uh, anyway. This is this is getting really Twilight Zone really quick. Um, you know, I want to take my dog. I think she'd like the beach maybe a fishing pole so i could feed myself.
5: uh
6: some uh uh jeez i guess it wouldn't do any good to bring any electronics or anything like that. i'm trying to think of lost you know what did they need on lost maybe a gun <laughs> i don't know <laughs> you know to shoot the smoke monster or whatever I, you know i don't know. Uh, how many things is that? i think i pretty close maybe, close to maybe a flare gun or two something yeah. like that. Yeah. okay all right. all right
5: so if you lived in fantasy land uh-huh. Would you write a chocolate
6: pony? Oh, absolutely. And then I'd eat it. <laughs> That's
5: a great answer. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Chad. I appreciate the time. All right. All
4: right. All right. All right. All right. Well, that was, that was Chad. Uh, again, uh, currently working with uh, Amanda Connors and Jimmy Palmiotti on the ever-popular Harley Quinn book. Uh, and that was from San Diego two thousand fourteen so it uh, was this year a couple months ago.
2: Why'd the chicken cross the road
4: seriously, yeah,
2: I don't know to get to the idiot's house knock, knock who's there? the chicken. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
5: <laughs> that was, yeah, that was
4: pretty. Bad. That was pretty. Next time he asks me, he says, "I have something to do. Don't, don't tell me no. Tell me no."
3: It was nice that they were linked together, though. Yeah, that's
4: a continuing they had to story. Be. Man, yeah.
3: The worst part is he's at the wrong house.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and I you was still like, answered.
5: He what was like
3: what Mormons again? And the chicken's like, no, get the
4: heck out of here. He's got a tie on. <laughs> Get Did you ride a bike? <laughs> oh, my God. That's oh, bad. Okay, books to watch, Roscoe.
2: Oh, uh,
0: the Scooby-Doo team-up is awesome. It only comes out every other month, but the guy that writes it really likes like old Scooby-Doo cartoons and Super Friends, and it's very obvious when he writes the book.
3: Wasn't it just recently we had uh, Scooby and Shaggy inducted into
0: the Sinestro Corps, (laughs) which was crazy. It was like one panel, but it was because they instill great fear in themselves. (laughs) Makes perfect
3: sense. If I I remember right, Daphne and Velma do the Wonder Twins changing into an animal that's really heavy.
0: Yeah, and they sit on whatever. They sit on whoever the villain is. (laughs) It was awesome. Topo, the octopus, was in that one. Oh my gosh.
4: Yep. Nope. It's <laughs> Alright. That's good stuff. Good stuff. Miss Kelsey?
5: It's a little redundant, but the only one I've ever read was Copperhead.
6: <laughs>
4: so keep watching Copperhead?
5: <laughs> reading it?
4: Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's good. It's good. It's good. Copperhead was good. Mm-hmm. Good? Copperhead.
2: Birthrights coming out, yeah, and that's got a lot of fire behind it, I guess.
4: Uh, yeah, at this point, I mean, it's coming out from uh, the Robert Kirkman imprint, so yeah. Skybound, Skybound, yeah. Um, Witches—that's
2: going to be frightening, I guess. It's got Snyder, yeah, and then there's it's got a lot of talk about it. I don't know.
5: It's
2: Red Lanterns to- keep on with that, even after the stupid five-year bull crap. Keep following that. See how it goes.
0: It's just, it's just September,
4: man. It's
2: stupid. I'm
0: <laughs> <laughs> not a big fan either, so uh, I don't care. well You get an awesome Antikythera.
2: Your big September thing is five years in the future. Good job.
5: <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Rob books to watch.
3: <laughs> and there's a lot of big changes coming from Marvel. So I guess Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man <laughs> all going to have something crazy going on with them. Um, Axes could be pretty cool. It's going to be kind of a new connection to, between uh, the Avengers and the X-Men. Hopefully this will unify the House of Axe. So we'll see from there. But uh, I guess uh, the other one is going to be what Calderon the Witch Boy is going to get his own book series. Clarion. Clarion. Calderon.
2: Clarion.
4: It's a boy with it, a cat. It doesn't matter.
3: I, I'm I'm interested to see it. So we'll see. I, the I like the magical boy. story, so...
4: Cool.
1: Which boy? Mr. Mike? Uh, I would say since Ross brought up the Sinestro Corps, that new uh, Sinestro book, Colin Bunn's writing, has uh, been pretty good so far.
3: Yeah, it has. Uh,
1: feels a little more like old-school Green Lantern, the older stuff. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: I, I like that they're building out a whole new handful of Sinestro Corps members. I think that's the coolest part for me.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it's a pretty cool book. Um, I would say definitely continue if you haven't started. Black science, jump on that. Deadly class, <laughs> tooth and claws coming up. Oh Looks damn! Really, really cool. Yeah. Wow. So. <laughs> All right.
4: Uh, yeah, I agree with tooth and claw. Um, Copperhead also. Uh, birthright, it, it does look pretty cool. It'll be, I think it'll be interesting to see what that winds up being. Um, we did just recently find out there's going to be a uh, Mark Sylvestri cover for that one too, like a secondary cover. So.
2: And there's, oh, um, speaking of Colin Bunn. Right. He's got that new werewolf book coming out. What? Called Wolf Moon. Oh, right. Really?
1: Yeah. Mini series? Uh,
2: I think it's a mini. I, don't I can't really remember not that. A... I can't even remember that either. But I know it's 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 in the works. And I think uh, the first
1: book is done. And don't forget Squarriers. I don't know when that's coming. Oh, yeah. Squarriers. There's yeah. another
2: one on Kickstarter that Deuces Wild is still going, so go support that.
1: Right, Deuces Wild. And,
2: uh,. God dang. There's another one I'm on, but I can't remember.
1: I got on the Sporriers one, but that's about it. It's the only first one I've ever done.
4: Right. Yeah.
1: Well, if you remember it next time around. Those well, it might be done by we'll then.
4: Dig it up by then. Let me see. Do I, do I have one more that I was thinking about? Yes. Uh, Apocalypse. What's the. God, uh, man. It's oh, the, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember what it's called. Apocalypse.
1: Apocalypse.
4: Apocalypse? Is that what it is? I
1: think
4: so. Uh, it's about all the different re- all the different time frames living at one time. Oh, I think that's what it is. No? What were you thinking? Uh, there's another. There,
2: I, I can't remember. Annihilator. No. I don't know where that's from, but that's a book out. Okay.
4: <laughs> Sorry. I thought that's what you were talking about. No. No, no. This one's got... It's different. It's about trying to fix time and reality.
1: I have to say uh, that I got caught up with the Revival. Over the weekend, right? And I was—I just started all over. I read all of them. That's—that's that's a crazy book,
4: right? Yes,
1: that is a crazy, crazy ass book.
4: I can't log on, so You're right. Well,
1: I guess we'll call what it a that. What was that other one you mentioned? That you, you were following on, or uh, that you supported? Deuces Wild. Yeah, what is that? I told you last time. I don't remember.
2: It's a sci-fi book. It's got a—it's
1: a, animals in space. parrot uh, oh, okay. Yeah, on a robot. It's not monkeys on motorcycles. No. Okay.
4: Oh, that sounds awesome, You need though. to know. There's, there's two. I would slap both your hands if you were close enough.
2: There's <laughs> there's two, Murder in Midnight and Six by uh, Fabian Rangel, Jr., and it's going to be an anthology, and it's six stories drawn by six different people. Fabian Rangel, Jr. is the guy that made Doc Unknown and uh okay. Tests, that book I let you Right, right, read. yeah. So, and Murder in Midnight just looks fun. Cool. So those are the three
4: I'm following right now. Alright. And that is it. Alright then, I guess we'll call it then. Might
2: get back here to it. Uh that ain't
4: gonna happen.
2: Duh. What what would you like to do?
4: Yeah. I don't
1: know, man.
2: Say say or Skillet. I don't Oi, know. Oi, skillet. No, I don't say it. I'll say skillet. <laughs> Oi skillet te key? Take? Skillet skillet oh, yeah. it is. Skillet
3: it is. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Oi, skillet! <laughs> 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 <T-key>. <laughs> you guys are skillet. ridiculous. Tiki! key Tiki! key Skillet.
2: Skillet. Oi!
4: <laughs> I can't remember how to say it. Jacques! I can't remember how to say it. I'll, All right. I'll figure that out for the next time. Either. Jacques? No, it's something. Joke. Joke? You don't just stick to key and the Skillet.
1: I'm a huge, <laughs> huge, <laughs>